Hey everybody, I'm Rima. And I'm Pete. And I'm Jade. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the show, The Midnight Club. Today we are covering the ninth episode titled, The Eternal Enemy. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so Cue ominous. spooky noises. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Welcome Ninth back. Ninth episode, one away from the finale ending. Yes, of course. Yes. Gotta the have penultimate. To yeah, penultimate. Yeah. yeah. yeah and guys, if there was an episode that I was going to be on, if, I, if there was one I was going to pick, I'm glad it's this one because I have so, I was, I had so much to say. <laughs> yeah, we're excited to have you back. So thank you again for joining us this week, Jade. Um, always a thrill thank to you have you here me. and catch your insights. Um, so this one, uh, we were just quickly chatting before we hit record about how we were kind of spared the waterworks this week. Not that it wasn't a good episode, but we got a yeah. little bit of a, a, a brief um, respite from a little that. respite. Yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> like I, there's there were definitely a few scenes that got me a little teary. It's Flanagan. He's going to do that to me. The emotions yes, are there. of course. But it wasn't the, like, let me take your soul and crush it within my hands and give it back <laughs> to you in tiny little pieces and let you pull yourself together for the next week. It wasn't that. We got a break from that. So I'm good. <laughs> yes. I, I didn't. I had the tissues ready to go, and I, I did not use them, and I was very pleasantly surprised and happy. <laughs> I wasn't mad at it. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay. I think it's good. You know, it's nice to have a little, a little breakity. Yeah. From but it, but still we got so much goodness so much heart yeah still. I mean I think I feel like what keeps me in with this show the most is the characters I don't know if mm-hmm. I'm as much here for the plot as I am for the characters not that the plot is letting me down or anything it's just the characters the actors I really feel so invested in them um, I care so much you know about these guys yeah, yeah. and that's what. <laughs> Flanagan does so well is yes you know he gives you these great characters and makes you care about them and and I I really you know I'll be the first to say I definitely had doubts when we watched that first episode for me I was like oh man I just don't know because I feel like historically with Mike Flanagan's uh, stories they've normally at least one if not more than one character catches me pretty quick that I feel like I can, I can connect with and I feel something and I've already got some feelings, you know, for like, oh, wow, this is this, this moves me or this character moves me. Uh, but I really had my doubts with that first episode and it didn't take long. And he, he got me just like always. I'm like, mm-hmm. see, you, you dummy, you doubted, doubted the master and <laughs> he did it again. But yeah, it's, 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 He's definitely captured me with these characters. Such a great group of kids and actors, and they're also talented. And I really care about so talented all of them, except for maybe Alonka. So <laughs> yes, that's, I was gonna say like right. that's that's right. the funny thing is Flanagan kind of pulled a new version of it on me. Where I think you know if, if you remember our coverage of the first episode, I was immediately like, oh my god, me and Alonka, like I see her, yeah. I see where she's at. I was like, yep, this, I, I can relate so much. And now that we're like getting to the end, I'm like, do I even really feel sorry for her anymore? Oh like, know, you guys, I, I, I was seriously like, should I, should I say this or not? Like, I don't know if I should even, 
voice this opinion because I don't want people right. to like at me and go nuts. But like when at the end, when she almost drank the poison and then everyone else started dying, I was like, you know what? Would I actually care that like <laughs> if if out of all of the characters, if Alonka were be, were to be the one we were gonna lose at this point, I will. I don't know how mad I would be. Okay, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry about it. Um, <laughs> yeah. But we'll get there. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get. We'll into talk it. about it. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I think I'm there with but you. I'm guys. glad I'm not alone. I'm glad I'm not alone. Right. I don't feel like and a think, crazy bitch. Was it last week that I mentioned? Again, they kind of run together. But I think I did mention because it is. You, we get frustrated with like, oh my god, Alonka, what is she doing? But I think it's on purpose. I don't think that it's like yeah. bad writing. It's bad. It's. Mm. Oh, her, no, yeah. Her character arc of this show, I think we're supposed to be really kind of over mm-hmm. her and annoyed with her yeah. because it's a it's a theme of the show is how easily desperation and upset obs- can lead to obsession and leading you to trust things that really with a clear mind you would know you shouldn't trust. Like, I think there's definitely a theme there and there's there's something being there said. There is. I agree. And I don't want to I don't want to jump too much ahead or get into it too much, but like we see it in a bunch of places like even with Sandra and her like zeal for religion, mm-hmm. she does utter the phrase it's what God would want. And I'm yeah. like, you know, Sandra is like so pure of heart. You can't get any more sweet and pure and good than than Sandra, right? But we see even with her, it's possible to have this like, not power for a power of religion or whatever, but like just a little glimpse of it can kind of get a little corrupty, a little, mm-hmm. okay, uh, you are not God and you're saying that you would, you know what he would want. And it's, uh, yeah. I was like, okay, Sandra, but yeah, we'll get into it all. But yeah, <laughs> it, it is a theme. You're absolutely right, Pake. Absolutely. Yeah, well, I, I, it sounds like we're pretty anxious to talk about it, and I think we've given our general thoughts mm. about the episode. Um, yeah. Unless you have more general thoughts, we can just go ahead and jump into our top points. Um, and Jade, is our- the, Sure, go ahead. You have yeah, something you want to say? Just the only other like general thought is that the I'm, I'm getting, I'm remembering of past uh, Mike Flanagan experiences that I have had where I wasn't so thrilled with the outcome, the ending. <clears throat> Blind matter. <laughs> oh. uh, it's like I, I'm not going. I'm trying to lessen my anticipation for a big reveal because mm-hmm. I don't think that we're going to get it. Uh, because I know this is not the end. Uh, I we don't think of of Midnight Club. Um, and I, I was talking to a friend of mine who has already watched the whole thing, and and he was like. Just don't get your hopes up for the ending, and that's all that all that was said. And I'm like, okay, I, I can see, see that. Um, yeah. I, I have think some thoughts that, about that that we'll talk about. Yeah, I'm sure. Think we're yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get to like, we'll get news to, like, and stuff. like yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm like lessening my natural inclination to like solve a mystery because I think that with Mike Flanagan shows, it sets us up to be a bigger like the plot reveal to be a bigger deal than it actually is when the reveal comes. So I don't, but that being said, like the, the show is working for me. I think it's earning its stakes because like I said, I care so much about these characters and it's easy to forgive maybe weaker plot twists um, or very, very thinly veiled mysteries unraveling. Like <laughs> it's so obvious Chas is Julia and <laughs> it was so obvious that the person that was going to be healed is not going to be Alonka. It's like almost so obvious that I didn't want it to be that. I wanted to be wrong, you know? Um, because it's exactly what we thought. But at the same time, I'm like, okay, let it go. Let it go. It's not about that. I don't think it's not about the plot as much as it is about the people. Mm-hmm. So it's okay with me, you know? 
Yeah. That's just my general um, feeling about what we're going to get from the end. So, yeah. Well, with, with that being said, let's go ahead and start with our top points because I know we've got a yeah. lot to talk about. Uh, so Jade is our special guest. Would you like to kick us off this week? Oh, well, I would love to start with uh, the section of my notes called Ilanka B. Wylan <laughs> or <laughs> slash Ilanka is a massive idiot. <laughs> That's a good place um, to I start. Just, I want a t-shirt with a picture of Ilanka's face and a giant like foot sticking out of her mouth and I will <laughs> wear it on the right. finale <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> because... Mm -hmm. Ilanka in this episode was giving me life <laughs> because I love me a healthy hate watch. It's good for the blood, you know, it's, it's good for the skin. Uh, and her character is giving me like all of the cringiness I kind of love to experience. Like we all love it a little, you know, like Emily yeah. in Paris, you you're coming out with your next season, baby, and I am ready to hate watch something, you know, like it's fun. Um, we all have a good time and like it's playful. Um, and <laughs> it's funny, I was like, I was a little high the first time. <laughs> I watched the episode with my friend who has already seen the whole show mm -hmm. and we were high and I'm like, want to watch episode nine with me? And he's like, yeah, sure. Throw it on. And I couldn't stop laughing at <laughs> what Ilanka was doing because I was so uncomfortable. I was just like cringing. I, I mean, oh my God, it made me actually feel, I'm kind of like loving hating her because it makes me feel like such a good person. I'm like, ha, I would never do something like that. I would never act like such a crazy bitch, you crazy bitch, you. Um, because yeah, her, her entitlement is just stunningly egregious. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, yes, but you know, it's almost like too easy to hate her. And, and I don't, you know, by the end of the episode when she's in that basement, I, I just pitied her. But it's like, you know, this is what you get, honey. Sometimes you got to learn a lesson the hard way. And uh, God, so let's, yeah, starting off with, um, with, with, so, okay, Sandra being the one who is, I, I say cured, but she's not exactly cured. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. She is, what is it? She's not, she doesn't have terminal lymphoma, but she's still sick with some GI thing. So she is still sick and she doesn't know the extent of her sickness. She has to start all over again with the tests and whatnot, which is horrible in itself. But she's getting better, not worse. So she can't stay at uh, Brightcliff anymore. And before me and my friends started watching the episode, he was like, so, so what's your prediction? You know, like you're about to find out who's not, not dying so who do you think it is and i was like you know what i didn't really think about it like i didn't really make a prediction which is crazy because i'm like ms prediction mm -hmm. and i thought about it and i'm like well okay let me think about this logically from a story writing standpoint who's the who's the person who would give us the most drama you know like who's the least likely person and the person who would cause the most upset and confusion and almost like irony is that it's I'm like, Sandra, it would be Sandra. She's the one who's cured. It's got to be her. And then the first scene we get like Stanton talking to somebody and then it goes to Sandra and I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm almost <laughs> mad that I didn't like go on record with like my prediction because right, you know, after I'd had days to think about it, I was like, yeah, it's not Alanka. It's way too obvious. Like if it was yeah. Alanka, what fun would that be? You know, it's, it's very glaringly like Sandra, she's the logical choice because it kind of makes no sense. Um, and it's more horrible. So yeah, so I was mad that I didn't say that I kind of thought that was going to happen. But um, 
Yeah, fuck you, Alanka, for telling everyone <laughs> that someone is healed. It is hashtag not your place, honey. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. And it was just so uncomfortable. I mean, it just begins and then it does not stop. The When Sandra finally has to say, no, it's me. And Alonka just instantly dismisses her like, yes, Sandra, we all want it. We want it to be all of us, you know, so, but actually yeah. it's it's me because it's all about me. So um, shut up, Sandra, because it's not you. <laughs> it was very Gretchen yeah, I, and I called girls. that. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah, I call that moment she's stretching for validation where she's stretching. Just like, yeah. But, but oh. the, because even like the fact that she even brings it up is because she's like, you know, they're talking about the ghosts and talking and like nobody's buying anything she's saying. And she's like quick my my validation and respect is falling uh, uh, from under me so uh somebody's healed oh my god i think it's me you know <laughs> like she's like yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. she can do grasping at yeah. the straws baby <laughs> grasping and i am curling into a fetal ball inside right. of myself oh, and i'm like shut up shut up shut up shut up stop talking stop talking oh please stop talking it was terrible to watch it was so like, uncomfortable um well it was I, like a car wreck yeah she's like oh I think it's me. And Sandra's like, no, actually, it's me. And she's like, no, actually, I think it's me. You know, it's like she just keeps like going. Sweet Sandra. Like, yeah, I'm sure you think it. Yeah. But. Like, oh, we want it to be all of us, Sandra, but uh. it's me. And um, yeah, it's me. Yeah. So and then uh, the car accident just continues further. Mm. <laughs> like, oh wow, Alaka, just blow up everybody's life. Why don't you? Um, because in my opinion, Oh, poor Catherine. I just oh, wanted yeah. to give Catherine a hug. She had no right to shame this girl. I mean, so, okay, I wrote, I have got to say, this is what she said. Do you understand what kind of a toll you take on him? How hard it is for him to put on a show for you every fucking time? He doesn't tell you, he doesn't tell you that because he doesn't want you to worry any more, uh, any more than you already do. And now you want to what? Make him walk down to the beach pretending like it doesn't hurt like hell for a picnic so you can feel normal? He's dying, Catherine. He's dying, and it's not fucking fair. And that's already hard enough without having to take care of you and act all brave so you can just walk out of here and live your goddamn life. I was like, whoa! So uncomfortable. Yeah. She says, yeah. this, is, this ain't no country club. I was like, honey. Yeah. Honey, I, child. Because the, the crazy thing about it is like, everything that she said might have some glimmer of truth to it. Yeah. Okay, yes, yeah. this was my next I, question. But but it is not her place. No. That is that's... not her place in any regard. No. I like, Yeah, this is my question <laughs> I wanted to put to you guys. Does she have a point? Please elaborate because my friend was like, actually I totally see her point. I have thoughts, but I want to hear what you guys think. Well yeah, I think I mean in, in talking with Kevin and getting to know him, even stuff that we haven't seen off screen, I think she knows him well enough to see these things in him to where what she's saying probably isn't false. Right. But at the same time, like that's for Kevin to, to say And the way that she did it, she wasn't looking to help Kevin. She wasn't there for no. Kevin. She's in, this was her taking something out on Catherine because she felt unvalidated from earlier in the day. This was her letting something out and reaming somebody out because she felt <clears throat> less than. And yeah. she wanted somebody else to mm -hmm. feel that way too. Catherine That's was a target. Uh, you know, Alonka has oh, all yeah. of those feelings because of what had just transpired with the club and finding out about Sandra, you know, the and and how there were no real signs. Like Sandra was also the voice in the recovery room. 
um, had all of mm-hmm. these feelings. And she's already, I think, you know, just kind of jealous of Catherine, too, because you know that she's got right. a thing for Kevin and she, mm-hmm. I think, right. sees her as a target. And just the audacity of her thinking that it's her place to say anything like that, even though I do agree, I do think there's a kernel of truth to what she's saying. I do think that Catherine is kind of blind to, you know, how Kevin does kind of have to put on a show for her and act like everything's fine and everything's normal and, you know, oh, hey, I'm not really sick and, you know, we're just doing normal boyfriend-girlfriend stuff. I don't think it was right of Alonka to go off on her the way that she did and it certainly wasn't her place to be saying anything. Mm-hmm. So, yes, yes, yes. I see, okay, so I'm putting myself in everyone's shoes, right? I'm putting myself in Ilanka's perspective because she's the one that I want to hate the most. So from (laughs) Ilanka's perspective, you got to, you know, can't be all one-sided about it. So I'm like, okay, let's see it through. I'm in Ilanka's shoes. What do I see? I think that the only person who is not being held accountable who is never held freaking accountable is Monsieur Kevin. I don't know why I was going to call him Monsieur Kevin because <laughs> it's just, it, it, oh. because when he is alone with Alonka, what's he doing? He's hitting on her all over, up and down. He's leading her on. He's making her think, I, you understand me. We're both sick. We both have this uh, same kind of mindset about life. Like, and you know, oh my girlfriend, she's oh, what a toll she's taking on me. Oh, and I have to put on all this makeup to make her happy and to give her the prom of her dreams. And I'm being so selfless for my girlfriend. And let me just dump all over you, Ilanka. It's like, dude, you don't put a girl who's totally in, obviously into you, who you're obviously into as well. You don't put her in that position where you're basically kind of inadvertently shitting on your girlfriend for the fact that you're keeping from your girlfriend how you're suffering. She don't know that you're in pain, that it hurts to walk down to the beach and that it hurts to go to this dance. She doesn't know this. She thinks you're fine because guess what? You're telling her that you're fine. You asshole. He's putting on a show and I guess he's a good actor because she doesn't know. What's Catherine going to think? She thinks that it's totally fine what she's doing because why wouldn't she? She's in love with her boyfriend. She thinks they're good. You you asshole, Kevin. And he's leading. (laughs) He's leading. He's stringing both these girls along. And then later, what does he say? I want everyone. I've only got a little bit of life left. I want to be a good memory. I want everyone to remember me fondly and I don't want to upset anybody, especially Catherine, because she deserves it. I'm like, no, 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 no. No, 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 Kevin. Monsieur Kevin, you are incredibly selfish, sir, because what this sounds like to me is that you don't want to be the bad guy. Like, and so you are lying. The good guy. It's, it's, I, I'm oh. definitely ag- agreeing with a lot of what you're saying. And it does anger me that he's kind of playing both girls a little bit. Oh. That he, he's not being really honest am- with Catherine. And yeah. he's not doing her any favors by pretending, and- you know. Yeah, yeah, right. He's not. And Spence says it. Who are you helping by by making this, you know, fabricating this fucking story to two girls like, dude, we all know we all have eyes. And the only girls, the only people who are not aware of the truth are the two girls that are involved. So um, fucked up on a lot of levels. Kevin, you got to sort yourself out and stop it right now, you know? He just is a mess, Kevin, and I need him to be held accountable right now. <laughs> he, he definitely. It's, it's funny because watching. I'm oh, sorry. Uh, but, uh, 
Yeah, like, while watching, I I didn't see any of it really that way necessarily while watching. But as I know you're, you like, love Kevin, as you're breaking it down, I'm like looking here. I'm like, okay, listen, Kevin's still my boy, but like Kevin's uh, your boy. I know, I know, but you ain't sorry. wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and the thing is, yeah. the thing is this. Okay, now let's put ourselves in Kevin's shoes, right? Let's let's put ourselves in his shoes because can't be all one sided about it. I'm not going to be that person. I would find it incredibly difficult to break someone's heart like what Spence says she, right now she's a girl with a sick boyfriend pretty soon she's gonna have no boyfriend and now now you have to be the bad guy as well I mean yeah it sucks but you gotta be the bad guy sometimes like Ilanka sometimes you gotta learn your lesson the hard way sometimes you gotta not word vomit your crap all over people when it's not time you gotta know to take a seat and take a number and get in line and wait for your damn turn Ilanka just needs to learn this lesson. Same thing with Kevin. He's got to learn the lesson. You can't make everybody happy. And it's very difficult. And I can only say this because I see myself in Kevin. I do. So I've been there and I would find it very, very difficult. So I think it's like, it's such a, a learning, a lesson that we can all, we can see this from all sides and everyone has a point. Yeah. You know, Ilanka's got a point too. It's from what she's hearing from Kevin. She sees Catherine as like, you don't get it. We're dying and you don't understand. And that's valid too, you know? Yeah. And you also have to try and take into account their age too. I always have yes. a hard time remembering. Mm-hmm. I have to kind of check myself that like, hey, they're teenagers, they're young kids. And, you know, even adults aren't very emotionally mature sometimes and might not handle it any better. But I'm like, well, they're, they're kids and, and they're going to act like kids and teenagers. So I try to give them yeah. a little bit of grace for that too. But And it's like so, it's like sickeningly wrong to think that children, someone of this age should have to deal with what they're dealing with. Oh, I yeah, mean, no right. one should have to go through this, let alone someone so young. Your life has barely begun. Your brain is not even formed fully and you are having to deal with your own impending death. I mean, that's... Yeah, it's terrible to you know? think yeah. of um, for those kids. But, you know, is angry because obviously Alonka is one of my points, too. So I was just adding um, as we're having the conversation. But one one thing that stood out to me that I really thought Alonka was out of line about, like, I, I think that she had some points. And, and maybe this would be like prompting a conversation between Catherine and Kevin, where maybe she would maybe yes. confront him and be like, hey, is that true? Why wouldn't you tell me any of that? So maybe that would prompt something maybe not I don't know I would hope so but one thing that I open yeah but one thing that I really thought that Alonka was out of line when she's like you know talking about how you know dragging him down to the beach um you know to have a picnic and how painful it is for him and I'm like girl how many times have you been dragging him down to the beach in the last couple of weeks for funerals and parties and that's okay but his girlfriend can't ask him down to the down to the beach for a picnic and i'm like yeah that's when you cross the line because don't act like you ain't been dragging us out out to the beach every other night yeah. since we've you know started this series so i call bs right. on that or to the yeah. basement yeah uh, when <laughs> i in in my final assessment after considering everyone's point of view and putting myself in everyone's shoes i'm coming out on the side of ilanka's the most wrong because goddamn, your mouth is hurting me and it's giving me life and I love it and <laughs> keep going, but it's hurting me, you know, like, and also then Kevin, you a dick. So that's where I come out. <laughs> it's like Alonka's the most <laughs> terrible, followed by a real close second with Kevin here because <laughs> I've been kind of pissed at Kevin for a bit yeah. now. 
Yeah, I, I I agree with Catherine was absolutely a, a like victim here. Where oh, yeah, yeah, of the had, drive the drive by shooting that is I, Ilanka's words, right? Yeah. <laughs> because like Catherine, like I said, even if there is some truth to what she said, Catherine's not doing any of that on purpose. There is no way that she is. No. Like, she's just not aware if any of those things are there. She's doing the best she can. <laughs> and yeah, that's her yeah. biggest crime. Is just she's just not aware. And right. again, part of that is is Kevin's responsibility to be honest and truthful with her, and he he can't manage to do that. So she's just kind of kind of following his lead, I think. Um, and how easy would it be for someone in her position, a, a young girl in high school, who th- these are the years, these are the years, girl, that you like date a bunch of guys, and you you know she's a gorgeous, young, smart girl. How hard must it be for her to have? boyfriend who's dying and she's not ready to leave him she wants to stay with him i mean that is like i love Catherine. Ha- justice for Catherine. okay like, hey, team Catherine. yeah <laughs> seriously team Catherine. at the end of the day team Catherine, and that's that's my last word on it yep and then shot and then um where does ilanka go after so she we're, we're, we got ilanka just to finish up my ilanka point we got ilanka at the table it's me it's me i'm saved i'm special no you're not mm. <laughs> Run away. Oh, hi, Catherine. I think, uh, you know, so after we take care of, you know, picking off um, little uh, sweet Sandra over there, let's just drive by. Oh, here we go. Nailing Catherine, you know, bam, 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 bam. And then she runs away. And who's she run to? Mommy Shasta. Mommy. Mm-hmm. Everything is not okay. Help me. Help me. It's not fair. And like her little fucking tantrum. I just want to smack her by this point. I'm like, mm-hmm. mm. and then the next scene, she goes, Actually, you know what? I, maybe I want to stay here. Maybe just for a night or two. Actually, you know what? I don't. I don't know what I'm doing here. I don't know. I'm like, yeah, Ilonka, you need to take a seat, honey. You don't know what you're doing. She's so impulsive. Yeah, she's yeah. so impulsive it's and ridiculous. ridiculous. And I love it. It was great. It was giving me life. This episode <laughs> had me all kinds of feeling, feeling so many things, and I, I loved it. It was great. Nice. Awesome. <laughs> all right, Pake. What's your first? All point? right. Um, I had a couple that I was trying to bounce around if I wanted to. And I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go kind of connected, not necessarily with Alanka. I've got more thoughts on her, but but that first person, that first poor victim in her her spree that yeah. she went on, Sandra. I just wanted to talk, yeah, Sandra a little bit. You know, we get that reveal that Sandra is the one that is healing or you know getting better and gets to go home. Is it a coincidence? Is the ritual responsible in some way? <coughs> um, I don't know. I mean, it seems that the ritual they did is a very different version than what, you know, Julia, spoiler alert for our conversation later, you know, it spoiler, does later. Not spoiler, Right. You know, uh, you know, but she has a very different desired outcome. So who knows? You know, um, we'll get yeah, to that well. part later. But, but yeah, so you still wonder, like, it's still very unclear. It's like, okay, is Sandra's really just a coincidental misdiagnosis like she's thinking or is there something actually supernatural still that's going on i guess we might not ever know that and that's okay uh but you you do wonder and i like the way you said it's like what which is who's the person who would be the most detrimental or just like damaging to alanka mentally yeah of course it's sandra because she's the one doesn't believe in any of this you know yeah Yeah. so (laughs) i think it's perfect that it was sandra because she's the one that didn't even believe in it to begin with, mm-hmm. I'm Isn't bummed a, that we didn't uh, we didn't ask mm-hmm. we didn't ask each other like who do you think it is really because we right. were all like I remember when I was on last time we were all like well I guess it's Alanka but 
wouldn't that be a bummer if it was because that's so obvious and then we just kind of dropped it we didn't but when you really consider it it's like yeah it's obviously sandra right like who would create the most drama (laughs) sandra yeah so i did you know then alanka feeling like she needs to stretch for validation like i said she's not only putting her foot in her mouth she's putting her foot into something else first and then she's putting her foot into it and then into her mouth she's just causing a whole mess Uh, yeah yeah, I mean, it's, it's that she's the one that brings up that somebody is healed and going home, whatever. Be, and she's because the ritual, she's so convinced that it's her and it's like she's all wrapped up in it. And that sets Sandra off a little bit, which I don't blame her because from everybody's perspective right now, they're starting to see like what we're seeing. that Alanka is so self-centered and it's not even necessarily a fully negative thing. Like she's not doing it on purpose. I'm going to give her some. I don't know if credit's the word, but like leeway a little bit that it's just kind of her personality that's come out and i think she just she suffers from a lack of consideration from others and i, <laughs> I feel so terrible for her how, how awful must it be to suffer with, it, with your narcissism no i don't want to throw around i don't want to throw i'm not a i'm not a doctor i'm not gonna armchair diagnose anyone but like yeah it's yeah, quite no, the, the no, sad yeah it, she's very <laughs> narcissistic and the thing about it is I think with narcissists don't know that they're being narcissistic. And so that's, it's not like she's actively being like, how can I put myself in front of everybody else? It's just how her, her train is running, you know, like, and also it's like when your (laughs) life is on the line, what would it do to you? I bet it would make me a fucking monster. I wouldn't want to know me if I was dying of cancer or lymphoma or whatever it is. It would probably make me a crazy sick fuck. You know, and mm. I would probably be saying things and doing things out of desperation. So again, yeah. I can't fault Ilanka, and I can't say that this would be how she would act if she were well. I think that yeah. a lot of this has to do with her desperate, her desperateness to to get cured. Absolutely. But it also it also really says it says something about Ilanka though, because from the get go, like from day one, she's like looking at Kevin, going, "I'm gonna live." If there's anyone who's going to make yeah. it out of this alive, it's going to be gonna me. Find like, a way I'm going to never beat it. Yeah. She's like, not accepting death at she, any point in time. She's never really accepted right. it since no. we saw her diagnose it. It's, it's hard because we didn't really get to know her very well yeah. prior to we, her right, We have no baseline. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, we had just a little bit there in that first episode. And so I don't think it was enough to really be able to judge her if, if this behavior, <clears throat> you know, and, and maybe it was, or, you know, People, you, you you always have like parts of your personality in you and sometimes certain events in your life or whatever kind of bring them to the forefront or, or really elevate them and not always in a great way. It can go to extremes. Um, so maybe she's already had this in her, but maybe being diagnosed uh, kind of triggered that in her, this behavior that is kind of making us all kind of crazy, this obsession that she has and you know, refusing to, and I'm not saying that you should just like, oh, okay, I'm terminal. I'll just accept that and roll over and die. You know, I don't, no, yeah. I don't mean that, but you know, it's like, she has taken this attitude and like you were saying this entitlement that, you know, I, I don't know if she's always had that or where that came from. Um, but I wish we had gotten a little bit more um, with her mm. pre-diagnosis. I can imagine being an adopted child or being someone who felt um, a little out of place. It would be easy to um, go one way or the other, either, okay, I don't belong, I'm miserable, 
woe is me or I'm special and like finding ways to give yourself a reason to keep going in life and and t- to take the knocks and the hardship and the trauma that you experience in your life and say, this makes me special. This makes me different. I'm a survivor, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it is. So maybe it, I think it, it it's easy to see how that could have manifested in inside of Alanka before her diagnosis, you know, mm-hmm. as like a coping mechanism to get through life. Not wrong. Not wrong in the slightest. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Back to Sandra. No. <laughs> Back to Sandra. Yes. Back uh, to Sandra. <clears throat> But yeah, so much that Alonka is very deep. But I know, yeah, right? Uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, so Sandra, again, that's when she speaks up because she is sick of kind of this, you know, narcissistic behavior that's popping back up again a little bit. And then she even goes to, she admits, like we talked about, that she was the ghost, quote unquote, in, on the intercom oh. with Spence and says that, you know, that she had seen kind of Spence was having a hard time with his kind of faith in the the pact and you know, just everybody's morale was kind of down at the time of Tristan's death and all that. And it was, mm-hmm. you know, she thinks maybe it was dumb and wasn't the greatest idea, but she was like, if I can just inject the tiniest little questioning of maybe there is still something more on the other side that I can keep people going with what we're doing, then so I mean, her hope. heart's in the right place uh, as much as it was, you know, and you can see Spence is offended kind of at first, but then later on. He's able to joke about it, which I, I like that he's, you know, I'm already going to come back and haunt you for that intercom stunt. But, you know? Yeah, I like yeah, the yeah. attitude. He's, but but the, the fact that, you know, cause I, I felt really bad for her uh, at the moment where she admits what's going on because, you know, in her little speech, I got a little teary eyed because, you know, she's like, I'm so excited, but I'm ashamed and I'm relieved, but I, I hate, you know, I, I want to stay here, but I can't wait to go. And yeah, I get it. I mean, it'd be hard to be excited about not being terminal and going home while you're in a room full of friends who are not so lucky, who are still facing their mortality right around the corner. So she's got this mix of like joy of a second chance while also going through survivor's guilt at the same time. Well, we saw that and, with Anya's story. Yeah. Where, you know, in, and what in a s- her like limbo kind of dream when she was in her mm-hmm. coma and having that. I survived and the others did not and how what her feelings were on that. We were definitely seeing that some of that from, from Sandra. Right. Right. And, and so she's feeling real bad. So finally, you know, we don't really see how well it goes. We, I mean, you, we see that clearly she feels like, Oh, everybody hates me. I just dropped this bomb and now everybody thinks she, she, she's afraid <clears throat> of being perceived as, Guess what, everybody? I get to live and you don't. Ha ha. Moving you on. Mean, and, yeah. You mean like Ilanka? Yeah. Right. right. Um, <laughs> But that's not what she's doing, and people know her well enough to see that. And so that's what I love when she walks back in later for Midnight Club, and she's like, "I just is it okay if I'm here?" And I love that it's Spence that who she has bashed heads mm-hmm. with oh, over yeah. multiple things is the one to go, "Girl, you better be coming to this table." Oh, you know, and I love me. That. I love that. <laughs> yeah. oh, Spence <laughs> is climbing. Spence is steadily climbing those ranks. When he looked at her, and he was like, "I love you." Fiercely, darling. I am so in love with this boy right now. He is working up to be one of my favorite characters. And I got to say, I'm missing, I'm missing my Anya. I miss her. Mm -hmm. It always to me feels because Anya is the character that I latched onto immediately. Like you talked about, uh, Rima, in the beginning, characters um, in shows that get you to like 
hang on, okay, because of this person, even though I'm not necessarily feeling it quite yet, I'm sticking around for this person. That was Ruth Cod for me. That was Anya. And I miss her more and more yeah, every episode. And great. I'm like, oh, there's something, there's just something missing, you know, and it's Anya. I liked yeah. her from the moment I saw her. I'm like, favorite character, know it. Even though she's a total bitch, I love her and I can't <laughs> wait for this. Um, but Spence is like filling the void for me right now because yeah. he's giving me everything I need. You know, I just, I, I love this boy. Yeah, because, you know, she, Sandra was afraid that people are mad at her for being able to go home. And instead, they're like, no, we just, it came as a shock and we needed a moment. But no, we are all here for you. We love you. And we're super happy for you. That's amazing. It's like, don't, don't worry and fret about us. You get a chance at life. So go fucking live that life and make sure it's worth it. Live it for us. Yeah, and live I, it for us. Oh, gosh, that was I, so I, I love that. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't crying, but yeah. my throat, my throat was tightening for sure. Like in that part, I didn't shed a tear quite, but I was close mm -hmm. when this, but it was good. It was happy tears. You know, like I love this bond. I care so much about these kids and they're so, yeah. they're like chosen family dynamic is just, it warms my heart every time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I feel like th that might be the last we see of Sandra. I feel like, hmm. I mean, I don't know after the events of the end of this episode, because this is all in the same night. So who knows what's going on at Brightcliff for the like, you know, final, but I mean, she said, you know, her parent, her grandparents were on their way to come yeah, get her. So, I mean, day. she might be leaving the next day. Yeah. So if this is the note we end on with Sandra of, you know, being the one that we, we see her kind of arc of being the, the religious one that's kind of on the outside and feels judgy and judged to really showing that like, no, they're all in this ride together and she is truly loved and accepted and supported by her friends, no matter what her situation is. I think that's a great story in itself. And who better to give it to us than Anara Simone? I mean, what an <clears throat> actress. I fell so madly in love with her in Midnight Mass. Yeah. Yes. I was like, damn. When, I, when she gave that speech to um, uh, Robert Longstreet, when she, mm -hmm. oh, so I, I was mouth agape watching her act. Watch it. This, I yeah. had goosebumps all over me and I watched it like, I watched that speech maybe like three or four times in a row because it's just such a stunning performance from such a young actor and just the earnestness with which she can facilitate her emotions mm -hmm. is just, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah, that will be the only Bravo. Yeah, big downside, I guess, to me is if this is the end of Sandra's story. Oh, I know. Is if we don't get a scene between Sandra and the janitor, just because oh. I know their chemistry is incredible. Yeah, incredible. <laughs> yeah. I feel like Robert Robert Longstreet could have like insane chemistry with like a watermelon. Yeah, I, mean, I think I think the man with a chair, he could just you know. Mm -hmm. it, yeah, like yeah, he, the dude is amazing. Yeah, yeah, he's truly a great actor. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, but that's yeah, that's my point there. Just give Sandra love some it. love. I love that. She she deserves it. She's one of my points too. So mm -hmm. I'll just add to what you were saying. I mean, I I was happy for her. I was like, well, I I didn't have any. I I was like, I'm not sure. I was pretty sure it wasn't Alanka, but it. I'm not good at predictions, so I didn't even attempt. I I suck at trying to predict anything like that. So I was like, I'm not even going to think about it. Um, so it was a, a, a nice surprise to see Sandra. I was really happy for her. I like how it's been left up, I think at this point, kind of ambiguous about did the ritual work? Is it a true misdiagnosis? You know, well, you really guys say. think that there's there's still a question in your mind because I feel like it's pretty like, why else would they say 
um, it was weeks before I, I'd been tested weeks before. Like, why else would they say that if it wasn't because it really was not the ritual at all? I don't feel like it was. Well, we still have Julia Jane to kind of talk about. Which could also be. It could so be this a is misdiagnosis. This was, yes. Right. It's like, totally this was one of my. Yeah. yeah. This was like one of my little notes. Um, I don't see. I feel like there is very little. There's zero proof at this point that there is anything supernatural going on at all except for the old man and old woman being seen mm-hmm. and, and possessing a lo- yeah so we have this but only with these two characters with kevin and alanka that's it other than that we have zero um uh supernatural occurrences at all because it's very very possible um that that you know, we we didn't see anything work with any of the rituals. Like we have no proof of this. And the ritual that was done with Anya, she was very near death anyway. She was seeing the death shadow anyway. Mm-hmm. So well, I we don't know. She know. was on. She was purposely overdosing herself on her medication. Yeah. All the time. Upon review, I yeah. yeah, I don't think that it really had anything to do with the ritual at all. The fact that she died right then, I think that it was just kind of more or less coincidence and it was going to happen anyway that she was taken into a coma out of that whole scenario so yeah i have no proof or no reason to believe that there is anything supernatural going on aside from alonka and kevin seeing these ghosts Mm -hmm. yes we would like an explanation to that for sure who we would like an explanation. I'm not yeah. getting my hopes up that we're going to get it. I don't know that so. we will, but you know, who, we'll have to see. But I, I do like that it was Sandra that you know because she didn't even believe in it um, that she was the one that that benefited. And I like, and this is a spoiler alert for anyone that has not seen Midnight Mass, so skip ahead uh, just a little bit if you don't want to hear. But I like that it um, it was her uh, Sandra's character that was healed because very much like her character in Midnight Mass that was in the wheelchair and was healed. Um, mm-hmm. So I was like, hey. oh yeah, nice yo, little. I didn't even think that far. Wow, I'm an <laughs> idiot. Yes, you are so right. I don't know <laughs> where is my brain. That was intentional or anything like that, but you know, yep, always yep. always got to connect those dots a little bit. But um, <laughs> but yeah, she's a fantastic actress, and I think she's she's done a great job, and I love. You know, Peggy, you were talking about it when, you know, she's having these feelings about being told the news. And I love, you know, with Dr. Stanton, you know, I swear there needs to be like a gift made um, of, of her saying those words. She's like, I just I'm sorry. I just I don't understand, you know, why I'm feeling this way. And she's like, however you're feeling is right. Like, mm-hmm. it's right. You know, there's it's not wrong for how you feel. However, you however you're feeling is correct. And I love that. I'm like, I, we need I like Stanton. I like Stanton more and more every time I see her because she's. Mm-hmm. This is not the first time she has expressed this to these kids. Like yeah. you remember when Amesh, Amesh is in the circle and he's like, "I'm pissed off that I'm not going to get to play the new PlayStation. I know it's stupid. I know it's petty." And she's like, "It's not. Every that is that sucks, and that is totally valid for you mm-hmm. to feel like that's the thing you are pissed about the most. Like I'm going to miss PlayStation, and that's totally right. You know? Yeah." I love that. I love that. I, I love Dr. Stanton, how she was handling that with Sandra. I, I really like, she seems to have the right words, you know, a lot. So I like that interaction too, too and kind of making, you know, helping Sandra through that process and <coughs> kind of working out the feelings about the news. Um, you know what yeah. I, what I just thought of is, you know how um, Ilanka is, she always runs to like mommy Shasta mm-hmm. and 
you know, who always kind of allows her to just be so extra and so like, yeah, you're special, bright, bright girl. girl. There's you're the one who's going to live and you're different and you're bright and you're just naturally, you know, all of the things. And it's funny because the irony of it, Shasta's name means teacher. And she is teaching nothing but entitlement and mm. not okay extraness. And then there's Stanton, who is, oh, fuck you, Stanton, always telling me no, always shutting me down. It's like, actually, she's teaching you. She is, Stanton is everything that you would want in a teacher, elder, parent, figure, whatever, you know, mm -hmm. because she is giving so much love and so much um, acceptance and so much safe space and. It's just everything protective and good, you know, but she doesn't always give you what you want. Just like a good teacher, you know, she teaches you through tough love sometimes, you know, and saying no, and you have to wait your turn and you don't always get the honey and the sugar with every single thing you do, you know, right. mm -hmm. it's a, a little discipline. Battle, is important. Yeah. Against entitlement versus validation and understanding. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. A balance there. Right. Yeah. It's ironic. Hmm. <laughs> All right, Jade, what's your next point? Well, you didn't get a point. I Rima. did. I, I threw in my Sandra was one of my points and I just added to what we had already talked about. So, oh, right on. Oh, God, where do we want to go from here? Where do you guys want to go? Do you want to go to like, Shall we take, I feel like we kind of need a break from all of this predicting, um, <laughs> kind of hating on characters and like, maybe <laughs> let's just take a veer off to the side here and like, talk about something amazing and wonderful like Spence. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about Want to jump in? Yeah. Let's go for it. So as I was saying, Chris Sumter is just so gosh darn freaking charming and lovable. This boy... It, and so handsome. Mm -hmm. He's just like Prince Charming vibes all over the place. I just, he's one of my favorite characters. I loved his vibe and his attitude and his energy and his growing, you know, confidence as he was like telling the story. And, and the, the, Two the boys, uh, Rel and Christopher, you know, they just had such great chemistry. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I'm going to look up the actor's name because I forgot to write it down, Who the guy who played Christopher, because he was just wonderful. Um, I really enjoyed this whole story with Spence. He was in Midnight Mass, too. <clears throat> the actor that yes, I, I, I recognize him. I don't have him. it in, in front of me, but I know he was in Midnight Mass. He played um, Bowl. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's right. Um, and so, yeah, so just getting into like some Spence stuff, Mark was, oh gosh, Zach Guilford. I'm so glad we got to see more of him because we haven't gotten enough. Uh, side note, did you guys know he's 41 years old? People age differently right now in this. <laughs> I, I was shooketh when I found out this news. I was like, I guess he is though, because he kind of seems like he has never, he's has not aged since I saw him on. What was the show? Um, Friday Night Lights. Saturday, Friday Night Lights. I he was my was Matt Saturday Saracen. Night Lights. Yeah. Yes. I didn't realize. But he like has an age. Yeah. He looks the same, more handsome, I guess now. Um, but he's 41. I was shocked. I, anyway. I had no clue until after <laughs> I know. Friday Night Lights that he wasn't like actually like more teenage, you know, years or whatever. And I was just like, oh my God, he's how old? You know, playing. And he totally yeah. pulled it off. Yeah. Love, love Matt Saracen. The man just glows. Yeah. He's he's amazing. So he was just so sweet. What he did with for Spence, he took him under his wing and introduced him to his friends. You know, he's like, meet your people. 
Oh man, just as a gay woman, it just gives me all of the warm fuzzies <laughs> in the world because I just feel so privileged and I take it for granted every day. And I guess it's okay to do so, but like, cause I can go be gay as fuck everywhere I want to be. And it's because of people like this yeah. who as, yeah. as recently as the nineties were fighting that fight for us, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, Stonewall was like, actually two seconds ago when you really think about it, which, but it feels like it's been forever. And I, I'm so glad and so happy to have come as far as we've come in the gay community. Mm -hmm. um, this is just such a great reminder. So yeah, what it did for you know Spence, I loved. It boosted his confidence when he was telling this story. Um, it was just wonderful. And it kind of all began with like Mark's speech in the car, where mm -hmm. we get a little bit of Mark's backstory. He says, um, we've lost a lot of us, way too many of us, a lot of empty chairs and empty tables, and the world's been indifferent to us at best and terrified of us at worst. So a lot of us did a lot of hiding for a long time. That's what I did. So now more than ever, we need to be visible. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. uh, Ryan Beautiful. taught me that. Taught me, yeah, taught me a lot. And that is why we do this. And that is why no one here tonight seemed scared. Because even if we are, we choose not to be. Because every single one of us is going to die someday. And before we do, every single one of us deserves love. I was like, yes. I loved it, it was so much. A great speech. I loved that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I had to just say it, say it word for word there. It was probably my favorite thing that was said the whole episode. It, it and, just seemed like a great yeah. evening to me too. I was like, man, I'd I would want nothing more than to spend an evening with this group making shirts and signs, eating pizza, getting high, playing catchphrase. Sounds like, like a night to me, man. <laughs> it sounds I'm like a fucking night. I am so <laughs> in. I was like, like sign me up. kind of night for me too. I'm like, can I come too? Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> Count me <Yeah>. in. <laughs> I wanted a spinoff. I wanted all of it. Like, I just, I love these characters. I freaking love them. Mm -hmm. And this was great. Um, so I just wanted to, yeah, get that in there. Mention it. Just, you know take a little break seize from all the crazy and just say yeah. how fucking wonderful this story was. Thank you, Mike Flanagan. Nailed it again, sir. Nailed yeah. it. He certainly <laughs> did. He's doing God's work by showing things that just need to be shown. And a healthy yeah. amount. You know, he's not like overly focusing like with the Natsuki story. Mm -hmm. It was just enough of, the, guess what, guys? Like depression is fucking real. Let's talk about it. Because yeah. more people experience it than than anyone probably is aware and it's so common and it's so important to talk about just like stuff like this you know seriously know where you came from and be grateful for everything that's been done so that we you can live the way that you do if you are in the gay community you know yeah right. live your truth that's, yep i loved it that was wonderful yeah, I'm glad yeah, you kind of sidetracked on that path this way, going <laughs> going this way into the story. So that's good. Um, yep, yep. All right. All right. Probably favorite thing, favorite <laughs> moment of the whole episode. Yeah, it was good. It was really good. I love the Spence moments. Um, yeah. And we can get into Spence's story later because I'm sure Paik and I are going to want to like break it down. Right. How about we get into it? Yeah, I was going to say, right I, I feel like- If my point oh, is next, I, feel like, I can just, yeah. I feel like that's <laughs> How's that? We're going to go, nice little segue there, Jade, to yeah. leave Paik, kind of tossed that one you up You know how him. I do. Yeah, so- <laughs> You know one of my main points is going to be the eternal enemy. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> yes. Let's go for it. You guys, we make, a, we make a really good team. Yeah. yeah. This is why I love podcasting good with you. Trio. Yeah, thanks. All right. We love having you on here. Mm -hmm. um, 
Yeah, so, yeah, might as well. I've got that. You know I'm going to have that as one of my points. It's been this entire show. The story of the week is going to be one of my main things I want to talk about. Uh, it's like a Pake segment. Story yeah. time with Pake. <laughs> yeah. yeah. New segment on uh, So, of course, the, the quick version, um, trying to run it down. Young man named Rel is new to a university where he meets a guy named Christopher, who he's quite smitten with, to hang out, end up falling in love. And also there's this VHS player that when recording gives them the next night's newscast a glimpse into the future which they used to take their advantage of uh, first betting on sports going all the way to saving a girl's life. And then with Rel in the spotlight, a mysterious figure shows up and then the tape tells the murder of Christopher while he is at his mom's, which is a setup to get him to show up so he can be taken out by the future Christopher who built him. He's a cyborg <laughs> meant to leave fear behind, but he escaped, traveled back in time to try to kill his creator. But then he lost that mission in time travel uh christopher finds him to stop him and in the end his sacrifice convinces convinces the current christopher to change the path that he was on that leads to the creation of rel altogether sci-fi wonderful craziness uh <laughs> that was an excellent little summary in like 30 under 30 seconds i right. snaps yeah. for that that was really that was great, great. Uh, so then breaking down more of the stuff uh, i love that spence prefaces the story with it being about fighting for the future you want instead of the future you're destined for, because destinies can change as he gives a little nod to uh, Sandra, which I thought was really cool. There's her into that a little bit. Um, some of the fun stuff, of course, just that I noticed, you know, when he's setting up the character of Rouse, hard to believe he's not a model. Oh, we get it. And I was like, well, but he kind of is right. Like, I was like, says he's an early model. Uh, it is hard to believe. Number. Yeah. Um, right. I'm telling you, this boy is so pretty. <laughs> Uh, I noticed while uh, before he talks to Chris for the first time, Rel is reading Stephen King's The Dead Zone, which mm -hmm. is a book about a character who has precognitive visions triggered by touch. Hmm? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Nailing it. Let's see. Uh, I will always be on um, board for sh uh, cheese puns. Serve them up on a charcuterie for me anytime. <laughs> <laughs> Pig, before I forget, wasn't there another Stephen King book in Dusty's story, if I remember correctly? I'm not a Stephen King reader, but I thought that there was another. I was like, oh, oh Mike Flanagan, always calling out. Um, yeah. I can't remember what it was, but he was I, reading Stephen there, King. There was. Probably. We, we called it out. Yeah. And God, was it the. It wasn't the Talisman, Let's go back to like episode was it? I'd have to go back. You mentioned it. Yeah, I remember you mentioned mentioning it. I, it. I yeah. totally. Yeah. Like I've slept since then, but um, what yeah, I really picture on those stories, yeah, yeah, was yeah, the big yeah. Evil Dead poster over the bed. I remember that one, and that's about yeah. it. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I'm sure there was Stephen King. I mean, Flanagan is a Stephen King fanatic and fanboy who turned into Stephen King close friend. So that's cool. Yeah. There's yeah. hope for us all. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. There's time. Um, he's got he's got another Stephen King in the works, I believe. But anyway, continue. That's yeah. probably for news <laughs> later. <laughs> uh, so I think the Kevin versus Spence football team name conversations. Oh were my god! Peak yes, comedy and yep. maybe just I, I was dying the whole time. Uh, and so I just have the yes. quotes of like when those pop up. So we get. Yes. I'm sorry. Oh. The who? The Seabirds and the Rushers. Do you think those are real football team names? <laughs> I don't care. I don't like sports. Fine. The uh, the 99ers and the Orcas. That's not better. Uh, <laughs> and then later he comes up, you know, a huge upset for the Niners, who, as we all know, are a very real football team with a very real name <laughs> delivered by Matt Bedell. Uh, it's like, yep. who's playing right now? 
buckaroos and charlatans dude, dude those these names, names. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was cracking up this uh, episode was funny there was so yeah. many of those and and the one that had me having to pause the episode even on first time laughing so hard is the last one where uh, a mesh is so convinced that death is a big part of this uh story yeah. and finally goes you'll see who it is it's not death and kevin chimes in with it's the commission of the NFL, and you're under arrest because those team names are an act of violence. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Kevin's like, you're killing me. It was so good. Kevin, the football fan, who would have known? Um, but yeah, yeah I just, great. all of his interjections, like, he is so pressed about what Spence thinks football teams are. <laughs> like, he can't get over it. I think it's so funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, in the story... Rel and Christopher are bonding on feeling out of place. Of course, them being gay is definitely part of it, but it does cross over into other aspects of their life. And the fact that Spence telling the story just shows that there's just regular casual homophobia thrown their way in the story all the time. And like the way that they oh, just yeah. like, take the high road, you know, that he's like, you know, oh, I didn't think they'd let you ladies back in here. And he's just, I'm going to choose to ignore that and then move on. You know, he's like, oh, yeah. I'm taking you, your money anyway, you stupid sucker. So whatever. I You're love that me. they, uh, <laughs> yeah, I love that they were sure to add that like the straight jocks are like super homophobic and like calling them princess and like right. you know, ladies. <laughs> and I was like, yep, don't feel bad about taking that money. Just steal from those fuckers. They suck. Right? That, that one guy was a dick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then more of the serious stuff. I think, you know, I love the line. He says, that's the thing about time. It brings only one thing with it. Death. He's talking about death. (laughs) Not death. Change. It's the only thing certain in the universe. Add time to anything at all and you get change, which can be taken in so many different ways. Literally. I mean, even death. Death is just a change of state, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But all those things. But then whether it's a negative uh, or regular, just, you know, normal or positive. We were talking about, I mean, you mentioned a lot of, you know, gay rights activism and things like that the one thing that's constantly shown over time and how progression works is change things are always changing sometimes for the better sometimes a step backwards but we're always changing i think that's important um i had a hard time pulling a lot of super hidden stuff in here but so my thoughts real quick are just kind of thrown together gibberish from like maybe this but also that Mm. um so i think really the story spent facing his past present and future we learn christopher is based off of an actual person of the same name that he loved who he contracted hiv from uh and yet you know with that pain and fear when he thinks back of that he, he still loves him um he doesn't hold it against him now possibly he did for a time uh as we Resentment. see in the story you know rel in the story did go back in time to kill christopher for quote-unquote creating him but he forgets that mission and he finds love instead. Sometimes there are unintended consequences in this world for things done with good intentions, like love. Uh, so Christopher may have, again, quote, turned him into something that people fear. But in the end, is it all worth it for love? Love is stronger than fear. Would knowing the future change anything? Maybe. But when you start thinking that direction, that's just giving into the fear, which is part of life. You know, fear can hurt. But fear can help. It's a complex emotion that makes us human, and being human is what life is. So, you know, he may have this disease of fear, but love is more important and will win out in the end. Um, and then I love when he's speaking to future Christopher there. Flanagan decides to throw in just a message to those with who have a hatred of gay people, who is mm-hmm. preaching hate against them. I feel like Spence is talking directly to certain people that I've seen in my life a lot when he says, 
Rooting out defects. Isn't all of that just fear? It is, isn't it? Mm. If you need me to die so you feel a little less afraid, whatever. You do you. But I'm not defective. You are. And I love you anyway, which is shots fired to his mom, right? Um, yes. There are a little bit, I assume. Uh, and then that line with future Christopher telling Rel, you know, you're trying to kill him. And then following up, you're trying to kill all of us. And we, after we see Rel bleeding, so a little heavy handed there, not too much, but enough. It's, it's this extreme of we're seeing how Spence feels like other people tend to make him feel, uh, you know, about how they view him with, with AIDS, the way he lives. And in the time he's in, it was just like, they just look at him as this monster who's there to kill them. Stay away from him. All he is is death. All he is is damage. All he is is, is bad, you know? Mm. And and so he's seeing a lot of that in himself, but then also realizing how wrong those people are. Uh, so yeah, I, I think it's it's just a lot of Spence getting, like I said, he's, he's facing his past, mm-hmm. he's facing his present, and he's also facing his future, uh, which I love that that's the way this story is told. So man, Spence is awesome. And then there's like all the little nods. Of course, he's got all these Terminator and Cyborg posters oh, all over his walls. Yeah, and total throwbacks that also yeah. um, have a lot to do with the story. The whole Terminator yeah. and Robocop. Right. Um, right. There's all of that sprinkling in the story. The little line that's like a hint of things to come where he's like first meeting Christopher and he's working on that robot thing. And he's like, I just can't get it to work. I'm about to throw it out. And he's like, oh, you just throw, you know, you trash anything that's not, you, it's not fixable that you can't get to work. Which then is crazy because that's exactly what their situation is, is he created him. He was defective. And so he had to take him out. Uh- <laughs> right. And it's it also speaks to like whatever other you pick, you know, fill in the blank here, whatever villainous monsters in history have tried to justify, you know, killing off people in order to make a better world. There's, right. you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, this speaks to so many communities that have experienced this over the course of time existing in the universe, you know? Yeah. And sadly, it kind of doesn't go away. It just transforms whoever, whichever group has got the, you know, scarlet letter on it at the moment, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, this was a really, one of my favorite stories for sure. I really, could not get enough of this one it was had so much to it and it speaks to realizing it's like something we all need to hear i think is realizing that you're perfect just the way you are something as simple as that and to forgive people Mm -hmm. who have done harm to you because maybe they know not what they do so when he says he forgives christopher it's like you know love is the way and he sees how lucky he is in his life to have love and to have known however short his life is going to be he's known love and he has this chosen family and he wishes the best for the real life christopher you know wherever he is you know i hope that he knows the love that i do and that was so wonderful and so heartwarming because especially we know spence is not getting that love from his mother and he was able to like look at the world look at his mother and say there's nothing wrong with me i'm not defective you are thinking i'm defective but i love you anyway and Mm -hmm. it's it 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 almost like annoyed me that he called someone else defective but it i don't think he means it in that in the way that that the other person means it to him you know he's not saying you're defective he's saying like okay if you want to call me defective that's actually it's a short that way of thinking you know it's yeah that way of thinking is defective that way of thinking is limiting and Mm -hmm. that's not love that's that's fear right Yeah. yeah and um the idea that fear is the ultimate 
evil. You know, he says, I've created a world where there is no fear, there is no sadness, or not fear is the ultimate evil, but fear is the ultimate um, weakness, or uh, it's, it's, the, it's the thing that's wrong with the world, you know, and he's fixed the future. And, you know, it's to, to say that, to, yeah, like you just kind of nailed it. To to live in fear is not is like to live out outside of love. You can't experience love if you're within fear, because the opposite of love isn't hate, right? The opposite of love is indifference, fear. So it's the worst thing I think that you can feel and that you can experience. And it's kind of sad. It, not kind of. It's incredibly sad because that's what Spence is getting from his his own parents, who should. Your parents should never be afraid of, of you, their child. Mm -hmm. And to have parents who can't help themselves but to be terrified of your gayness or your sickness, it's got to be so crippling. It's got to be so, mm -hmm. oh, it really upsets me. And it's one of the things in this show that I'm like, damn, families can really suck. But it shows the strength of Spence as a character. It really does. And that's what I mean is like Spence really came into his own after Mark helped him and took him under his wing and gave him access to this community of people. And he said, I kind of forget that you haven't got a lot of friends who you can relate to, you know, and like, mm -hmm. here, welcome, come into my world. You're not alone. And it just, Spence, didn't you guys see it? Like he had this swag about him when he was telling the story <laughs> totally. and he was like tipping the wine bottle. He was sexy mm -hmm. as hell. I was like, yes, Spence, <laughs> lean in, baby. I love Spence so much. Oh my God. Yeah. It was awesome. He's got a great smile too, um, which is really mm -hmm. great yes. to see more from Spence. And um, if it's- Chris Sumter, just, I can't wait to see what he does in the future. This boy is he's like next Will Smith, I'm telling you. Like next, <laughs> he is that guy, you know? Yeah, he's, I hope to, I hope so. I really hope big things for him. I'd love to see him. He, oh, he was gonna make. He's gonna make. Yeah. I, I need him to have his own movie. He's gonna make such a great leading man. He's got all of the makings of leading man. He's like Tom Cruise, only ten times better. <laughs> yeah, he's he's seriously definitely got something uh, great about him for sure. And I, I I I wish great things for all the actors. They've all done a really great job. Um, well, if it's okay, I'll go into my next point, which again I'm gonna just follow mm. um, in follow your lead with talking about Spence. Um, I, and I think the only thing that I wanted to to add to what you guys were saying is I've really enjoyed seeing the growth of this character since the beginning. You know, in like the first few episodes, Spence was angry. Um, you know, he kind of had just like this negative attitude. And, uh, and understandably so, I'm not down on him for any um any of that but you know he had this animosity towards mark you know mark was like trying to help him and be open to him and he would just lash out at him and get angry at him and now we've seen where they're like friends and you know he's allowing he's opened himself up to friendship with mark enough to where you know mark can take him to his group and show him like hey you've got this you know support group you know you don't have to like be alone in your world you have people you know that have shared experiences you know we've we've all kind of been through these things and you have people that you can talk to um and then to also see that growth between him and sandra you know there was always that friction between them and then to see in this episode you know how he's you know more 
fiercely loving towards her than anyone else in this episode. I just thought it was so great. Um, I love watching the growth of characters like this and to see, you know, how they overcome some things like that and work through their issues or work through, you know, what they have going on in their life. And, you know, he's, he's really blossomed as a character here and I've just loved to see it. Um, he was fantastic. And yeah, he was really feeling he himself really telling the story. It was really great. He was just really like, you know, yeah, I got this shit. And it was really great to see. And it was good to see how he just kind of flowed right into uh, Mark's group there when he's like, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll, you know, make some shirts and have some pizza. And he just, you know, just went with the flow. He wasn't, you know, uh, reserved like he, he might have been in like the first few episodes. He was, you know, ready and accepting. And I, I love that. And I, I love that he's found like the chosen family you know if he doesn't have the blood family that accepts him and loves him for who he is he's got the chosen family so i think it's fantastic fills my heart with joy one more thing about the story that i have uh before i forget the like running theme in a lot of these stories is like try as you might you can't change fate if if life wants to take you somewhere no matter what you do even if you can see the future or time travel, um, it's life is going to happen to you no matter what. And it's all about what I got from Spence's story is that it's not about controlling fate. It's about how you react to it. Mm -hmm. It's about your mindset and your attitude when you're given something negative or positive. It's your response to life is what matters most. And that's what you have control over. You know, you don't have control mm -hmm. over your feelings, but you do have control over how you react to them, you know? What's going to come up Ilanka. is going to come up. <laughs> Thank you. You know, like Elanka needs to be taking notes and studying <laughs> up because there's poils uh, being dropped all around her. Mm -hmm. And it is sadly kind of lost on her. I'm um, <laughs> like, and you know, it's, it's, she has a different kind of gift. She has a different kind of smarts. You know, she's very mm -hmm. smart. The girl is, you know, she's got this like genius level IQ, right? But yeah, just worldliness, common sense is a little lost on her. But yeah, I think it's a really good reminder what we got from the story is like yeah. for people terminally ill, but also for everyone, you can't always have control over life, but you can have control over your approach and your response, yeah. even if you can't affect the outcome, you know? It's a good lesson. That's what matters. Mm -hmm. This show is grand. It has so much to it. You can watch it, you know, on a surface level or you can go really, really deep. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, you know, here at Strange Indeed, we like deep. We like deep. Mm -hmm. As much as it pulls out of us sometimes, <laughs> we like deep. <laughs> we, we, we have some shallow things and shallow shows that we just have, you know, fun and entertainment. Yeah. But Mike Flanagan always takes you to the, the deeper uh, side. Oh, yeah. For mm -hmm. sure. We love that. You know what you're going to get. He pulls us over. Whether we're going to get Flanagan. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Flanagan. Got flying again, again. Yeah, <laughs> I love when Pink does that. <laughs> <laughs> it's appropriate. Um, mm. Well, I, I that was actually uh, my point as well. I chimed in with my two cents there. So Jade, that brings us back to you. I always feel like you get skipped over. Right? No, <laughs> you know what? You're actually saving me tonight. I I don't have the voice to to talk too mm. much tonight. All anyway, right. so you're totally um, saving me. So <laughs> doing me a favor. <laughs> All right, well then, let's talk about little Lady Shasta. You know I'm dying to get into it. Mm -hmm. We know how much you so love her. So Shasta. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
<laughs> love, mm, love is definitely the word I have for Shasta, right? Gotta love it. I love it. I love it in the same way that I like love Ilanka. I'm like, yes, <laughs> give me all of this messy, messy craziness. Yeah, because Shasta B, woo, she just not even trying to hide what she feels at this point, not even a little. Um, so she's Julia Jane, <gasps> shocking nobody. Yeah, cue the pretend to be shocked me. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, yeah. oh no. I was, I was like, gasp, like home alone face, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, Who saw it coming? Well, not I. <laughs> even she was like, well, duh, you knew this the whole time. Yeah. yeah so. Have you really Come been on. paying attention? Yeah. I'm Come sorry. On. I've been calling you bright girl this whole time. Clearly. Mm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mom, bright girl, step it up. Who am I? Mm. Yeah. Um, that was funny. That moment, actually, I was, as I said, I was, I was high the first time I watched this with my friend and I was like, yeah, who is she? <laughs> like, come on, Ilanka. <laughs> Ooh, that was smart. Um, so yeah, so I have some questions. Who do we think did the ritual the first time with Julia Jane? Because she says, I'm proof that the ritual worked. Um, I really want to know her story, what happened with her. Because the only person that I can guess that did it, did the ritual for her is like Regina. Like, we don't know what happened when she escaped Brightcliff and was gone for a week and then came back magically cured. We don't know. So I don't know if you guys have any thoughts about that. I don't know. I, I, I wish don't. I knew. I really don't. I like I said I'm, I really suck at predictions, and I'm not sure where that's going to go. Because yeah, or... it seems for the ritual to really work, you have it's got to be sacrifice, human sacrifice, right? And like five so, of them, or yeah. Four so of you them. would think. I mean, we don't know about the the other patients that were in Brightcliff at the same time Julia was. What happened? I mean, I'm sure. I mean, clearly, I'm sure that they all did not make it, but was that part of her ritual to be the one that did, or or were they not even involved? We really still don't know the answers. I mean, clearly, I mean, Stanton was running the place at the time. That was kind of right, like, that was like her first batch of patients, really. And she knew exactly what was going on, enough to hide in the basement to be like, surprise, Julia, I've been waiting on you. So, like, she knew what was going on. <laughs> Stanton, Stanton did. Stanton, yeah. Right, yeah. She comes out like Deus Exing yourself, right. and yeah. Stanton appears in this mysterious staircase. None of us knew it was there. Okay, right. that was, it was so awesome. Bizarre. Though I was like, like, "Wait, where did she just come from?" <laughs> Here she comes to save the day. Yeah, it's like you couldn't have waited until like, you you waited until Alanka had the cup to her mouth. You couldn't have jumped in. I know. a minute earlier. Yeah, yeah. When I, yeah, like I, that's why I don't think she was there the whole time. I think right. that she, was, well, she just got there in the nick of time. But who knows? Well, that's why I really do think and I, th I think I've mentioned this before that Dr. Stanton w was um, a, a say so I know that wasn't her real name but a say so I think it was her daughter and she Athena thank you Athena I'm I, I've got sick brain today um I got you but thank you uh that's why I think she knew the tea was poison and I you know, and that's mm. when she jumped in when she did. And I think she had to do that because otherwise Alonka wasn't going to believe her. She waited, I think, until that moment. Oh, you think she. Wow. So she allowed these other women to just die to prove a point. <laughs> Maybe. Man, I, not funny. I, I could buy not into, funny. <laughs> yeah, the thought of, of her, if she's Athena leaving 
having her mother, whatever happens to her mother, whether she was arrested or ran off and disappeared, whatever happened. But for her finally to make a decision to come back, buy the property, do something good with it, but also as a way to knowing that there are other people like her mother out there, people like Julia Jane, to where if she owns the property, she's doing something with it, she can keep it safe from people like that from getting there. Well, okay, this is one of my points then. Why is she doing such a shitty job of protecting that damn basement? She just <laughs> leaves the book down there. Very easy to access. As long as you know this one little elevator button trick, you got full mm-hmm. access there. This rickety ass elevator is going up and down in the middle of the night. And she's like never hearing it or never aware. I mean, she lives right. in the building. <laughs> like, Stanton, are you taking a lot of heavy sleeping medication at night? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> because are there no cameras around? Like... And I love how we've like never seen an orderly or a staff member aside from Robert Longstreet, who I'm not even fully convinced is a real person at this point. Like I'm not entirely convinced either. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know if you're real. Do the Pope test or something. I don't know. Right. I know. Like how can I, yeah, shake my hand. Like I need to be sure. Are you material? I don't know. Um, I wouldn't be surprised at this point. So I don't, I have no reason to understand Stanton's lack of care with like keeping this I guess I guess the basement is where all the magic happens if there is magic um this alleged magic because these this is where the ley lines cross or something yeah. and so Shasta's like okay so so let's go back so Shasta takes Ilanka in you know she I love how Shasta is like gardening in her commune you know and she's she turns to this woman and she's like Natasha make up a bed <laughs> and it's like Fully two o'clock in the afternoon. Like, go, go do this. Make up but a bed for you, but a you see, spending the night. Yeah. The way that, yeah, go do this. And, or even oh, yeah. like, you know, Alonka's sitting there eating and the other person just comes in, takes as the food. As soon as she, like, yeah. And it's like, and you could have more. And the way, like, you're starting to see that Julia has this kind of more, this power that's a little unsettling. Unsettling. To where these people are not her equals they're not people that like she's in a compound or commune with these people are subservient to her Mm -hmm. they are her servants her followers she is definitely holding a much more powerful position than she has led on and shasta is so into herself like it may just be the best damn food you maybe will ever have like thanks shasta (laughs) thank you really like yourself don't you uh (laughs) she's like patting herself on the back so yeah so she's got all of this uh okay bright girl so let's let's chat we got a whole lot to go through um i had the same cancer as you i was like whoa okay um and I, she talks about how she started good humor to share the miracle and give some of that healing energy back i'm like ah, yeah right um it's all or about maybe the- you started noticing you were like aging and maybe dying again and right. you're like maybe it's it's time for me to yeah, uh, take it to the next level pull together some suckers and get another ritual going and Keep my longevity yeah. going, right? Yeah. So, okay. So before we get there, clearly Stanton, clearly Shasta knows who Stanton is. Like she is, and, and clearly Stanton knows who Shasta is because Shasta's like, I've made, I don't know why Stanton doesn't like me. I don't know why. I can't imagine. I've made donations, generous donations. I, mm-hmm. I, she just won't let me anywhere near the place. And I don't know. And you know what? I just had a thought. Maybe let's do it. You know what? Let's go down to that basement. And I'm like, girl, you are <laughs> not even. It's just, and, and Ilanka is just like, 
with her eyes as wide as saucers, just following, hanging on her every word, like believing that this is all just popping into her brain as it's, you know, coming up. It's like she has such a rigid plan that she is very desperate to get going here. It's that Um, manipulation. It's Yeah. And knowing how this episode ends, it was that scene was legitimately like sickening to watch a little bit. Sickening. Where she's manipulating her emotions and desires. You know, that like same cancer diagnosis. We're so alike. You're so special. Mm-hmm. We're connected. Blah, de, blah, de, blah. Bright girl, bright girl, bright yeah. girl, bright girl. Like how many times she freaking says that? She's hearing everything that she wants to hear. You know, she right? knows exactly what to say and to her and she's telling her exactly what she wants to hear and just feeding in, into that. I mean, anyone else would be questioning her, you know, her motives, because everything that Shasta's told her hasn't worked out. It hasn't been true. Like the ritual didn't work. All Not a things, single thing. Nothing was right. Nothing worked. But she still keeps going to her, brings her into the house, lets her go down to the basement. Yeah. And it's just because she keeps hearing what she wants to hear. Yeah. I just had this idea off the top I- of my head. Why don't you just take me down there and I'll heal you now and all your friends too. Everything you would yeah. want. We'll I, just I didn't it. I didn't have this plan you know? at all, but I show up in this magnificent <laughs> ritual outfit, you know. <laughs> yeah. I know she comes down to her freaking toga. I was yeah. like, what? Yeah. She be ready. Um yeah. So so yeah, I, I just at this point think that the so uh, do you guys it's very unclear, and I can't get a straight answer on this from anybody, because no one seems to know. I don't think it was ever made clear. Where did Ilanka get the ritual from that she performed? Was it from the journal, or was it from Shasta? Because we don't ever see Shasta telling her, and we see Shasta telling her a little bit, you're going to need this much water, you're going to need this many women, but I feel like Ilanka must have read something about it in in Athena's journal, the journal with it the was from the journal, the hourglass. Mm-hmm. I think right. it was from the journal. I don't, I'm not hundred percent sure how much Julia slash Shasta gave her to you know because I think she add I, to it. Yeah, but. she. I think she gave her something to add to it to ch- to make it different. I don't know what it is, but I don't think that this ritual ever had any intention of saving anybody. I don't think mm. I don't think the ritual did shit, which is sad. And you can see Alonga's face just like just go like white as a sheet when she realizes there are no trinkets. That was meaningless. I actually made I put my friends through all of this and it meant nothing. And mm-hmm. they gave up all these things and they put their hearts and souls. I mean, they didn't get nothing out of that ritual was still meaningful for them and it bonded them. And it was like a great actual love fest for Anya and like a send off, like a funeral almost while she, like a funeral while she was alive. So it wasn't. It was beautiful. It doesn't go to waste, but you can see Alanka's like, oh my God, that was total bullshit. Fuck. Like, yeah. this yep. is not what, you know. It, so, it's slowly like dwindling away. The blinders like, like, are slowly. Julia's in the middle. She's the one taking yeah. the like, blood thumbprints. Uh, yeah, Alanka's like, know. should I go in the middle? And she's like, no. You sit over Get out there. Of here. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh. And like the whole ritual, she's like, you know, come and heal your sister, your sister. And it's like, Alanka, I have some bad news for you. You're not the sister she's talking about. Yeah. She's talking about herself. Yeah, this is all for her. Not it, my girl. <laughs> not it. Yep. Uh, she just needs you to drink that that bloody bile poison <sighs> mixture. That was so gross. God, Lord. It's just tea. Oh my god, it's just tea. It's just tea. Drink it. Drink it. Say so. Told the police. Drink it now. Oh god. Yeah. That's what it says. So told the police. It was just tea. So it's like, oh shit. I think we know what it was she was d- trying to do right this 
ritual, the same one that Asaiso right. had done. So she, yes, so she was doing the same ritual that Asaiso was doing when all those other people died and she was caught. Mm-hmm. And uh, side note, I, this is just something that popped in my head, so I want to say it before I forget it. Do you, I went back and watched that scene again for like the third time now. Do you guys realize that uh, Regina was like bald? Yeah. And I was like, why? I just don't know. I, I want to mm. know these. Why? I'm not sure. We don't. <laughs> so when we got the flashback, you know, she had hair when we yeah. first saw her. And then by the end, she right. was bald. I don't know. Did she have to sacrifice her hair? I don't know. Um, I don't I'm know. I'm not sure what that was I about. I need answers. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to bring it up and just be like, did I miss something here? That was just, I kept noticing it. Um, so, okay. This journal. Why? It doesn't add up to me why Shasta hid the journal. She had this journal and she very much needs it again. So why would she hide it in the library and then put the Dewey Decimal numbers in all of her artwork? Because Stanton doesn't know the journal's there. No one knows that it's there. And, and she barely even tells Alanka where to find it. She just goes, you're a, you're a bright girl. You know about the Dewey Decimal system, don't you? Yeah, that library is full of good stuff. And she tells her like the section to go to, but which is not even the section where the journal is found. I'm like, you're not. Uh, so I, I don't understand because well, and I th- Julia Jane knows she knows the journal's there, but she's not trying to get anyone to find it and she can't have access to it. I just was very confused by why would you let this thing go if it's so important to you? Well, I think it was kind of dumb luck, wasn't it? That Alonka even found the number yeah. for the Dewey Decimal. It's because she snuck into Stanton's office to right. steal Julia Jane's file. So she... Which Stanton, which if, Julia, Julia Jane did not know that she was going right, to do that. So why would you bother to put all of these signs pointing to this journal to go look in the library in this section to find this journal? Because in order for someone to find it, they have to steal your file. It's not like it's just painted yeah. up on the wall or something you know and these, <laughs> these portraits up on the wall or something someone has to steal the file to get it um so it, and she didn't give her the numbers i mean she could have very easily said like these are the numbers you yeah. know but, well and i don't know it, it she was very vague about her life after she said quote she was healed after bright cliff you know yeah, she's like oh i lived she hard. lived she lived hard maybe she didn't intend for you know, maybe she, I don't know, maybe the journal didn't even cross her mind until later when she wasn't able to access it and get back into Brightcliff or something. I, I just want to sure. know how it ever got out of her possession. How did it wind up there and why? Because she knows exactly where it is. She put the numbers in her drawings. Yeah. So I just want to know why. Why, if it's so important to you, would you ever let that out of your sight and then put clues in these paintings, drawings or whatever, which you then give Stanton. Stanton had her journal which has all these hidden answers. Stanton has her paintings. And Stanton, if you know about all this stuff, why are you doing such a shitty job of hiding these files? Because they were very easy for Ilonka to steal. <laughs> it just so many things are like, yeah, yeah. so many things are like, why, 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 why people be dumb? Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes we just have to so, throw logic out the window, I guess, and not right. think too so hard. But I don't it's all know- valid questions for sure. Right. Yeah. I'm not, but that like, so these are just my questions. I'm not trying, like I said at the beginning, I'm kind of letting go of my like needing to Nancy drew this thing, you know, up and down. And it's not about that maybe. Um, but as more and more of these, yeah, as more and more of these things are coming up, it's like getting a little, like, I can't stop questioning. It's like distracting me just ever so slightly oh, yeah. because I am like, this is kind of glaring. 
Um, totally. So yeah, so I just want to know, did Anya's dying have anything at all to do with the ritual? Was she maybe like a sacrifice? Did Julia Jane need Anya to die? Or did that have nothing to do with it at all? And this new ritual, why are we doing this, Shasta? Are, is your cancer back? Um, what's up here? Because she says, uh, where is it? Panacea, friend to mankind, we pray to you. I seek your favor. Let your true believer be healed of this affliction. May she recover through and through. May vigor and vitality return to her. We ask your blessing. So she's sick. Bitch is yeah. sick. I, I feel like that's what it is, is whatever this, this ritual isn't eternal life. It's not immortality, but it is, it's a longevity. It's, it definitely healed her or extended her life quite a bit, but like any kind of deal with the devil kind of thing, there's always going to be that catch, right? We're like, but if you want it to continue, you got to keep coming back around and doing it again. Right. And I can't help but think maybe behind Shasta, there's like a bigger bad, like, especially since we think that we might have a second season here. It's pretty likely that this is not where the badness ends. And maybe Shasta, although she's clearly leader among this cult thing that she's got going here, maybe she answers to another higher up. So maybe that's Regina. I can't imagine that we're not going to get Regina. Like, I'm pretty sure by the end, maybe by the end of the season, we'll get revealed who the heck Stanton is. If she ain't Athena, I don't know what. <laughs> she's got to be Athena, even though the age doesn't add up, which kind of pisses me off, but whatever. She's a little young. Um, but I think that she's Athena. And then I'm, I really hope that we see like Regina pop up and, and, figure out who she is if she's still alive. You can't just have her story end there where it's like, you know, uh, right. with this ritual and, you know, the people dying and we just never hear from her again. I mean, that's, I, I hope that's not the truth. We at least get a little closure yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, where did Shasta, what, what's happening to Shasta at the end of this episode? Because we don't see really what happens after Alonka passes out, do we? It just all went like, it was so dark and then it just kind of went black. I don't know if, yeah. did it look like Shasta like charged at her? It and looked then, like she, yeah, like then, got knocked out yeah, like she hit in this struggle. Her head on the back of that pillar or whatever it was there in the basement or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, it was very, it kind of happened all very fast and mm-hmm. so. But clearly uh, it didn't work. The ritual because Shasta was very unsatisfied that Ilanka <laughs> wouldn't drink, drink it. Tea. Drink mm-hmm. your freaking tea. Yep. Drink it now. It has to be now or never. And then you see all the other women start dying. And you're like, never's a good choice. Yeah, I'll go yeah, with that. So, um, I'll go uh, never. Yeah. I, I <laughs> changed my mind here. Yeah. That did not look uh, appealing at all. I don't know how in the world yep. you, you would even get people to sign up for something like that. Mm-hmm. They, it's like they clearly knew what they were walking into which is spooky um, to know that someone would have the control yeah. over someone you know to like you're just going to be a sacrifice for me thanks um, mm-hmm. anyway really great point and the the last thing that I had when I was doing a rewatch of like some of the Regina stuff I came across a scene where remember when one of the first times Ilanka meets Shasta she sees like the tree carving the with hourglass. the moon and the yeah she saw one with the hourglass and then she saw another carving of a of a moon a crescent moon yeah. with the gb initials yeah. which i think has to mean 
Gina is short for Regina, so it has to be Gina Ballard, I would think. Maybe. And I'm just saying that's there. And that's something uh, that we never got an explanation of. We just need, I just need Regina to be explained. Why is she bald? Why Mm -hmm. is, what is this ritual? What does it do? (laughs) Is the ritual real? And what are these carvings about? What is it all about? Agreed. Nothing but questions. I wouldn't be mad. Ma- I wouldn't be mad about getting mm. some answers. That's for sure. Just yeah, <clears throat> just a couple would be nice. I, I'm not holding my breath. Like I said, that we're going to get a whole bunch, but hopefully, hopefully a few. Right. Pake, what's your next point? All right, going to me. So yeah, so actually, yeah, that whole uh, Alanka and Julia and all of that was a point, but you you covered it immensely and wonderfully. So luckily, I had a backup point. That's a small little thing. So I'll go to that. Which is kind of the big, close to the beginning of the episode. Uh, just the old ghosts. We've talked about them a little yeah. bit. The what they are and what they their role is, and we still again don't know more questions and answers with everything right. that gets given to us. But you know, we see that you know Kevin is experiencing almost the exact opposite of Alanka. He keeps seeing the old man, and then like these like glimpses of the woman, and then Alanka seeing the woman with these glimpses of the man, usually in a mirror. Um, so I'm wondering, so is Alanka possessed by the man the same way that Kevin is possessed by the woman and they're kind of bringing each other together because they see the other and when it seems that when they see the, the, the one that they are or whatever is like in mirrors or in little mm-hmm. glimpses. So again, nothing super clear, but like, are they using Alanka and Kevin to get closer to each other somehow? What's What's this connection? We still have nothing, but we know it's just the two of them that are experiencing it. Nobody else, because they do call this meeting uh, in the library with the group to discuss this whole situation, and it's definitely a them issue, right? Yeah. Like nobody mm-hmm. else is. Nobody has a clue. Even self-aware Cherie being like, "Oh, it's I'd totally lie about it if I thought it was funny." Uh, but it's, yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, which then leads to them kind of speculating and i don't think any of these are actually the answer but i love that this group kind of with support being like mm, we have no idea what you're talking about but uh we'll throw out some ideas see what sticks uh yeah so spence you know which spence has a good point of course he's just like you know in a place where so many young people die before their time with so much unfinished business and the ghosts you see are two old people yeah. um mm-hmm. <laughs> which leaves uh Cherie bringing up the foliadu idea, the shared delusions, which I'm sure Alanka's got to be a little annoyed about being considered delusional all the time. She's like, stop telling me I'm crazy. I mean, you're a little crazy. But, um, <laughs> uh, and then I like yeah, Natsuki's kind of idea, her uh, Toshina Tabruhito, which is the year's eater, uh, a spirit or entity that would be found in places where people are going to die, the feed on the time that they would have had left, which this place definitely fits that no bill kidding. very well. Um, I wanted more for about the years eater. I thought it was glossed over yeah. too quickly because I'm like, I think, <laughs> I think you nailed it there, Natsuki. It kind of sounds ding ding. <laughs> I was gonna say, I was like, I, you think, know, she I said, think you got yeah. it. I think that's it. Yeah, that's kind of. I, I feel like that's what it is. Spot on. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, it seems kind of weird to like be shoehorned there in the end with Natsuki being like, oh, by the way, my mom told me this thing that my grandma. That is exactly but, I mean, what we have on our hands here. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, hey, we're nearing the end. Time is a ticking, so let's right, just right. get it in. Okay, nailed it. Let's tell me so more. <laughs> but then I still wonder. I mean, we get the 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 couple that like built this place in the beginning, right? Yeah, uh, it's got to be them, right? It's right. got to be them. To be. 
I've been calling it since the first episode, which again, it's a little like, because you want it to be harder to guess, you know, like they're not even <laughs> trying to make it as soon as I, it was one of the very exposition-y things that was kind of dumped on us at the beginning with Alonka being like, I have studied every Wikipedia fact that I have <laughs> at the ready about this whole place. And she rattles yeah. off like who these people are. And I was like, oh, okay, that's, that's pretty, I, from, I remember when I gave my feedback on episode one, I was like, well, he's supposed to be, uh, uh, oh God, what? I have written down a million times too. He's like a coal miner or something. He has like that apron, the worker's apron on. Yeah, yeah. Not a coal, a blacksmith. Oh no, something like that. It wasn't one of those. I'll look it up. Go, keep talking. I'm going to look it in. Yeah, it's it. been a while. I don't I remember. Have, <laughs> I have it in my notes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah. So really, that's all the point that I had was just to kind of talk about the little bit that we got in this episode again with them, where we've like, whatever's going on with Kevin and Alonka, like, it's important. Who are these ghosts? Like something is happening, but I'm like, man, with one episode left, do we get the answers that we're going to be satisfied with? Of like, what the hell's going on with all of this? What are, what, what is this? Cause we've speculated on so many different things. Of like, are they, are they evil or hurtful entities? Or are they trying to help the kids? Or are they completely neutral you know that where they, mm. they've got their own thing going on and they don't even care what's going on with any of the patients or anybody there yeah like <laughs> right like what does it even have to do like how relevant is this to the story i guess you right. know with with I found everything it. else that's going on you know yeah, mm -hmm. I found um, their names. Oscar Stanley Oscar Freeland and his wife, Vera, who built the house in 1901, and he was a logging industrialist. Ah, uh, mm. right. That is who I believe these people to be. That from I mean, it episode makes one, sense. I have So hopefully this. we'll get like, <laughs> yeah. a confirmation. But, you know, it's like, is it is it a warning, you know, for, you know, what what the deeper things that are going on there in the house? Is it a possession? Are they being possessed? And why only Kevin? And Alonka, that this is happening to the other kids haven't experienced anything like that. So what makes what sets them apart? Well, you know, that's not entirely true, though, because don't they all say at some point they all kind of chime in like I've experienced weird dreams. I see things out of the corner of my eye. I've like they all kind of say this, don't they? Did. It had been mentioned before. It's like peppered that. in. Yeah, yeah, it's like little little comments have been like peppered in. Like, you're not that crazy. Like, I have had, someone says, like, I've had weird dreams right? Um, every night that I've been here or something. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it's not just, it's not, they're not the only ones creeped out, I guess, or like feeling the, the vibes. Yeah, but that also. Like, yeah. We've seen, but there's like, but as far as like specifically, an old woman with cataracts and an old man. Yeah, they're not right, seeing that. Right. Yeah, that, like, no, that's I'm, specific. That doesn't yeah, they're click. not seeing yeah. or experiencing. Yeah. They're not waking up in the basement or you know, um, th things like that. Like that's happening to Kevin. Or everything transforming into a sepia tone with old music playing. Right. You know. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That yeah. That was one of my little notes too. So talking about the Kevin Ilanka thing, I was, again, I'm so upset with freaking Kevin because he is still, he wakes up in the bed and, and he's like, has this horrible vision of the man again. And he's like, whoa, you know, and uh, Ilanka's like, I brought you here, you know, uh, tell me what's going on. Like, so I don't feel crazy. And he's still, it's probably our meds. It's probably nothing. Um, I don't know. And she's like, Kevin, stop it. Tell me right now. And it's like, dude, you you've been known this whole time that the girl has 
is all valid. Everything that she's saying about her visions, uh, going back in time, the rooms changing, all of this is valid. And what have you done this entire time? That's crazy. It's our meds. I'm like, why are you the gaslighter of all time? Freaking Kevin, <laughs> like, this. hold this boy. Yeah, why are hold- you the way that you are? Someone needs to hold this boy accountable. He is just um, not not very kind, you know? I'm like, that is, it's annoying that I hate him so much. It's annoying that they're writing his character this way. Like, Kevin deserves, be- write him better, please. Why does he have to be such a arrogant ass? I don't even know. I mean, what gives him the right to feel like he should be lying to Ilanka about this? They're close. They're very good friends. He likes her clearly. Like, I just, I didn't get that. That annoyed me so much that he was still like, it's nothing. Um, that's crazy. Oh, it's just so frustrating. And so then he says to Ilanka when he finally confesses, he says, ever since we found the basement, he's been winding up there like sleepwalking and he wakes up in the bed down there. I don't know that I believe him that it's ever since we found the basement, because like I'm, I said, I, since that time when they were together and they found the basement, Kevin seemed like he had been there before. I don't know consciously if he's been there, but it felt to me like that was not the first time he had been down there. And like, I, I don't I think, I think I don't he's know very that, aware of the basement. Like yeah. when she was going down there, he's like, no, there's nothing down there. And it's like, dude, you have t- you called the elevator to bring you back up from there. Right. However many times. Like, that right. is not something new to you. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't know that he knew how to access it, like, get down there himself, because I think he just kind of, like you said, sl- sleptwalked and, like, wound up down there. But he's either taken the stairs up, because now we know there's stairs. Um, but that, <laughs> that was, like, annoying that he didn't. I, I felt like that was a lie. And also, like, the lack of communication kind of pisses me off because Elanka doesn't, she leaves out one crucial component that. You are turning into this woman when I follow her. All of a sudden, mm-hmm. I wake up and it's you. And I was wondering, does Kevin also see Alonka turning into the woman or the man? Like, is it the same for him, only flipped, you know? Mm. And it's like, yeah. oh, the, I feel like it's kind of bad writing because the lack of communication like pisses me <laughs> off. I'm like, tell each other the whole story, you know? Say that like you're a part of these visions for me. You know, I've been seeing you since before I even got here. She's been seeing Kevin in these futuristic, you know, uh, visions. So I don't know. It might be in the next episode. The story would be a lot shorter if everyone just communicated. <laughs> I yeah, yeah, if everyone yeah right. talked. And I found it strange that no one in the Midnight Club, like no none of their friends, believed them. I was like, well, you guys, what about the pact? Like, what about they didn't seem very interested in this being signs from the beyond and the supernatural, they were like, that's, that's probably, it's your meds. It's probably nothing. That's this shared delusion (laughs) thing. And I'm like, come on guys. Like what? Two people have a vouching for the same thing occurring here. And they're all just like, meh, we don't think so. Doesn't sound, (laughs) I I think we can explain that away. I was a little like, Mm -hmm. "Hmm, you're in a midnight. I kind of got what like Spence was saying was like the other part of the, the pact was not also just running and chasing every little whim. And yeah. Idea also, as being like, we have to have proof. It's got to be able to, we've got to be able to hold stuff against it. So that's why they discuss it. So I think they're like, oh, it's totally great that you're bringing this to us, but it's kind of also our job to maybe pick it apart a little bit and figure out, is this something? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Um, I think that's all I had. Okay. About <clears throat> that. Um, 
any notes? Oh yeah, yeah. one thing. Yeah. yeah, one thing. The the only other thing that I haven't said about that kind of ties into this was like, why, if the death cloud shadow thing is a separate entity from the man and the woman, why it seems like that death cloud follows you when you're about to die, like it's mm -hmm. the impending creeping death. Um, mm -hmm. and if only people who are about to die are seeing it. I wonder why Alonka would remember at the very beginning of the show, she was kind of uh, lurking the hallways and like she saw it coming at her down the hallway when remember in the very beginning, yeah, like the yeah, first I, episode. I feel like anytime she saw it, it was connected to visions of like yeah, yeah, Paragon, right. ritual, ritualistic and like cult members yeah, also. And those, like they like, were always hooded, connected. Yeah. Figures. Yeah. She doesn't see it anymore though. So I was I'm mm -hmm. just wondering yeah. like what that was and why she was seeing it before when if anything she's closer to death now and she's actually seeing death cloud less. Like, so almost like if part of another ritual the Paragon or Julia or somebody did was leaving some kind of curse or ritual uh, lo you know attached to the place that maybe she's pulling power or there's power that was pulled from even patients that continued to die there just so there's almost this eater of years thing going on that yeah. might even be connected to the rituals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's also that aspect of um, that's still kind of left hanging in the air where Anya said time, uh, time works differently because uh, Rachel was obsessed with time. She had like two kind of clocks and she was running in and out of the house uh -huh. saying like the wristwatches slower or faster than the clock that's in the house time works differently and i just keep thinking there's a lot of time travel stuff going on so i don't know what that has to do with anything either it's still like an unanswered lingering question it's the ley yeah. lines but that line i know that line's stuck <laughs> in my brain it's always just the ley lines, ley lines. Um, <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> blame it on the ley yeah. lines uh -huh. those finicky ley lines <laughs> Yeah, yeah. How about notes? Anyone have any little notes? I've got Why? extra stuff, but I don't know. If <laughs> oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Just kind of extra notes after point. Do you have like a last main point? Rima? No, I have one. Uh, we went through my main points. I have one, one little note that we haven't really talked about, but it's super short. That's why it's just a note. So go right ahead. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got a bunch. Just like to say a bunch, but like some quick like thoughts go for it. Uh, just that we hadn't talked about, like, uh, Natsuki and Amesh. Yes, um, that's my note. Thank you. I, yes. So great. Yeah, I, I had the same, I had too. the exact same reaction as Alanka. Uh, okay. <laughs> you okay. know, uh, good for them. Uh, Amesh is a little embarrassed, Natsuki to at first, but then they laugh it off. It's all good. I, the way that Amesh accidentally gives himself away is like, is everything okay, Alanka? And she's like, wait a minute. <laughs> that <laughs> you know? cracked me up uh -huh. so much. I was like. He, as soon as he says, what's wrong, Ilanka? He was, oh, shit, my voice. I'm, that now she's going to know I'm here. Damn it. Like, <laughs> I wasn't supposed to be here. Oh, my but God, then, that was you know, so funny. They seem so embarrassed at first, but then like they laugh about it. And then the next time we see them, they're walking into the library arm in arm. Holding and I like, hands. Cute, I know. cute, cute, cute. Uh, love it. I, um, I approve this shipment. Yeah, they're adorable. I ship it hard. Yes. Love them so much. Uh, Let's see. Uh, as much as <laughs> you're not a fan of, of, of Kevin, um, I did like his quote when he's talking to, to Spence. You know, says, you know why I don't finish my stories? It's because you're an asshole. You're a plot tease. You're a plot tease. 
He goes, because once people know the end, the rest of the story just fades away. I'm going to be nothing but a memory soon, and I'd like to be a good one. Yeah, uh, I bet you would, Kevin. <laughs> Wouldn't we all? But I, I, I do like that. You know, it's, I feel like Flanagan was kind of even like on his mm-hmm. own self, being like, yeah, once people know the end, the rest of the story fades away. Like, that's, yep, that's yep. something that he pulled from his writer brain. He's like, oh, God, that's what I deal with every day. Um, well, and I think that it's super meta for this because I don't think that we're going to get an ending. I think we're going to end of cl- Kevin's story. I don't think. Yeah, this will be a cliffhanger yeah. one. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> and let's see. Yeah, and then the other only. Well, I got one other thing, but then the random note, uh, Amesh was rocking a Sub Pop Records shirt in this episode. And I was just like, hell yeah, because that's the music nerd part of me. Sub Pop Records. Uh, the label has included bands like Nirvana, Cheap Trick, Jesus and Mary Chain, Mud Honey, and Soundgarden, and The White Stripes uh, since mm-hmm. its founding in 1986. It's a cool record label. I'm a big fan of them. Uh, current artists of note, especially for me right now, uh, signed to Sub Pop, include Beach House, Clipping, Father John Misty, Iron and Wine, and Orville Peck. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, just a music those... nerd moment for me to see that yeah. shirt and be like, oh, Sub Pop. Like, I've got a Sub Pop. I've got like a rainbow Sub Pop record sticker on the back of my car right now. That's so awesome. I'm like, nice. <laughs> big fan. Um, so, yeah. And then, yeah, the only thing is, um, and I'm, I'm sure, you know, I talked to Rima. She has notes segment on this or uh, news segment on this. So we will talk news. But uh, Elephant in the Room coming, you know, we are coming up on the series season finale series we don't know uh it was announced apparently it was planned to be a continuing series uh no spoilers obviously because i haven't even seen it yet uh but i've heard somewhere that yeah that the season finale next week will have some kind of cliffhanger ending um but due to the flanagan netflix partnership ending that we will probably talk about that a little more in detail Season two was canceled. Now, does that mean it could be picked back up? Sure, possibly. I don't know what all the rights and things are with that. But I did find an article that, again, clearly I did not read because we have not watched the finale yet, but I have it saved. But apparently it is Flanagan telling what season two was going to entail, what was supposed to be in season two. Oh, wow. So I'll hold on to it for next week. But also, that doesn't necessarily get rid of possibilities of a season two happening on Amazon or something. Because the, as well as I kind of know who Flanagan is, I follow him on TikTok since Rima brought that up. And I've seen his kind of sense of humor. Knowing how Flanagan is, that article could very much possibly be a joke. So we'll see. I'll report back either way. But I could totally so, see him being like, yeah. since we got canceled, here's what season two. And then he would just like spew a bunch of absolute nonsense and be like, and at the end of that article being like, I'm trying to get pick, uh, season two picked up for Amazon. So who knows? Um, <laughs> yep, yep. Yep. We're going to talk more about that in the news. Um, yeah. <laughs> did Is that the end of your notes? Oh, That's okay. all my notes. The only, have, yeah. the only thing that I wanted to add um, was just a shout out to the X-Files. Um, the, the <gasps> Get out of my brain. That was my last yeah, note. Yeah, fully ado. <laughs> That's so crazy. An X-Files uh. episode from season five, episode 19. Uh and it was awesome. It was a really good one. It was a Monster of the Week episode. I won't give any spoilers, even though this uh, aired uh, in 1998, which, yes, I know we're playing with time. Mike Flanagan likes to play with time a little bit because uh, the show is, hmm. what, 94, 95-ish. Um, and this 
He's done it with music yeah, all season. Yeah, he's done it all season. We know that they're kind of just having fun with things. But it was. Um, but what I love about it is that this um, episode, not only giving a shout out to the X-Files, but this episode of the X-Files was written by my man, Vince Gilligan, um, whom I love so much. He's mm. brought brought me so much joy in life with uh, the the content that he's provided. But anyway, I wanted to give that little shout out because I'm a huge X-Files fan. Um and and love that they they threw that in here. So love that. And I also thought of Parker Posey with Tales of the Walking Dead. Uh, <laughs> that was another more recent yeah. thing with, with that uh, concept. Yeah. That I was like, oh yeah, it has come up recently. Yeah, actually, my my note was just about how funny the line was when Natsuki says, "You speak French," and then Amesh goes, "No, but it was the title of an X Files episode, and it was awesome." Yeah. That's why I said it that way. <laughs> yeah. Like, sorry, and Sapkota just delivering. I just love the way the man can deliver a funny line, even if he yeah. doesn't have a lot to to say in the in the whole episode. That was just his one like moment to talk was so funny. Every time he talked, he was cracking. Me so up. good. Well, and <laughs> and I totally just really relate to a mesh in especially in that moment because i if if i said that someone's like oh you speak french nope but that was a title of an x-files episode that would be something like i would say like i i speak in right. movie titles <laughs> tv shows tv movie quotes you know that's that's me that's pop yep. culture i just spew that all the time i'll we'll throw out a quote you know, whatever the conversation's about that you know that might be yeah. relevant and it always hurts my heart when no one gets it you know, then oh, they don't yeah. get that quote. I know I'm that like, feeling. Oh. I'm right there with so, you. So um, that's how I live. It's always TV Exactly. Quotes. So that's my whole life. And I'm like, oh, Mesh, you and I, my dude, um, we're we're one <laughs> in that moment because that's kind of how I have my conversations as well. So really love that. Love that little shout out. Um, that was all that I had. Jade, did you have any other any other notes that you wanted to add? Well, I... I have wishes for upcoming things on the next episode. Okay, go for it. Cherie, Cherie, baby, when are we going to get <laughs> your story, honey? I don't know if it's coming or not because we still have Dusty. We have Dusty to wrap up. And we kind of have like a loose one with Alanka. Her scrying witch story never got mm, finished. Yeah. I don't know if that's coming back or not. So I could... I really want the end of Dusty's story. I do That's too. definitely coming. I do too. We teased it a little bit in this episode because he said he's like refusing to finish the story, but I'm holding out my hand. I'm holding out hope and giving always the chance. The door is open. Kevin, if you want to come walk into my heart, honey, you are welcome to do so. So if he wants to learn, <laughs> yes, if he wants to learn himself, yes, learn himself a little lesson, finish up that story. Make those hard choices. Maybe I, I feel like at this point, kind of my wish is that he would just break up with Catherine already because like Spence said, who are, who are you helping by perpetuating this thing? So I hope we're getting something along those lines. I don't know how right. comfortable I would feel. So do what you want to do. I'm not breaking up with Catherine. See, there it is. I didn't even have to say it. I, I just even, said, yeah. do what you yeah. want to do. And, and that's yeah. where you went. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he says, boom, crash into, I'm yeah. not breaking up with Catherine. Like, wow, yeah. dude. Like, I never said you should, but that's <laughs> where you're going first dude, thing. if so. you don't have the feelings for her, you're not doing her any favors at all. No. At all. I mean, this is already painful enough for the girl. We've already gone yeah. through this, but seriously, justice for Catherine. Hashtag justice for <laughs> Catherine. <laughs> Catherine, you deserve better, honey. Um, for sure. So yeah, so I hope that, I don't know how comfortable I would feel with him like dumping Catherine and then like jumping in with 
Ilanka right away, but I guess life is short for them, so live your life. I don't know if that's what we're going to get or not, but I definitely want a Dusty story wrap-up, and I really want some Cherie. I need her story, please. I don't know if we're going to get it. I don't it. know either. I got a feeling it'd be a good one, though. Mm -hmm. I, it's, I mean, gotta be. She's editing, right? She said she's fixing it in post, so you've had mm -hmm. enough time. Let's get it already. She's crazy. Yeah, and if and like I've said, if Stanton isn't Athena, then I don't know what to think. Exactly. Pretty sure that's coming. Yeah, that's that's where I'm I'm going to. So that's about the only and, prediction. And I, I want Yeah, and I also want Julia Jane's um story here. Like I I don't god, I don't know if we have time for all of this in one episode, but I really want to know what happened to heal Julia Jane and just what is up with her, where she's going what's wrong with her why does she want to be you know using which girl like what is she sick what's going mm -hmm. on why does she want so to i have a lot of ritual yeah yeah i agree i don't know well let's hope we get some of those answers because i'm mm -hmm. i'm with you it's always nice when they can tie up at least a few things the things that matter yeah yeah all right I don't. I don't always need all the answers, but I would like a, a couple. couple. Yeah, to right. satisfy. I agree. All right. Well, let's get into some news because I typically don't have news uh, for our Netflix shows because you know we get spoiled. But there was actually something that uh, was just came out a couple of days ago, and Pake was just talking about it. Um, and this is not spoilery. Well, I guess it could be a little spoilery considering uh, some of the news, but wanted to just kind of mention, I shared it on our Facebook, but I know not everyone's on our socials. So there was an article from Deadline uh, just a few days ago that says uh, creators Mike Flanagan and Trevor Macy, who are obviously behind The Haunting of Hill House and Midnight Mass, they have signed an exclusive multi-year overall series deal with Amazon Studios. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, under the pact, pact, ha, get it? Um, under, <laughs> under the pact, the duo will develop and produce projects via their Intrepid Pictures Company, which will exclusively stream on Prime Video in more than 240 countries and territories worldwide. Mike and Trevor are remarkable at telling immersive, suspense, suspenseful stories that masterfully keep audiences engaged from start to finish, said Vernon Sanders, head of global television at Amazon Studios. We're excited to welcome them to Amazon Studios and are looking forward to our global customers experiencing their genre-bending creativity. Uh, Amazon is a studio that we have long admired, said Flanagan and Macy. Their commitment to engaging in groundbreaking series and content aligns with the ethos of what we have built at Intrepid. We are looking forward to working with the entire Amazon team as we bring our brand of genre productions to the service and audiences around the globe. Big, big news. The Flanniverse is, news. is moving to a new world. Yeah, new so <laughs> on the heels of that announcement, because I saw that news, sent it to Paik, and mm. I was like, dude, um, I think we're going to be covering a lot more Amazon shows than what we normally do if, yeah. uh, you know, Flanagan and his Maybe we get to go week to week on Amazon. Yeah, Amazon's so week to week. So I'm not mad about that. Honestly, I feel like Flanagan's shows, among many others, there's a lot that you can list. But since we're talking about the Flaniverse here, definitely 
I think would be better served being week to week. And Amazon does a lot of the... Especially for us. Especially for us. Oh my God, it's a podcaster's dream. I am so sick of these. Oh yeah. Just dump the entire series. I I mean, as a binge watcher, whatever. But as a podcaster, it's just a nightmare. Uh, And then Amazon (laughs) typically dumps the first three episodes and then does the week Mm -hmm. to week. I would be okay with that. Uh, So some big news. Uh, So... More to come as we get some news, but on the heels of that announcement, as if my world hasn't already been rocked, I then get the article that came out a few hours after that announcement that uh, they were moving to Amazon, and that is that Netflix has canceled The Midnight Club after one season. So as I mentioned, it came on the heels of executive producers Mike Flanagan and Trevor Macy (coughs) exiting their overall deal at Netflix for a new pact with Amazon. Um, Flanagan says this was designed to be ongoing. Um, this was in October. He said that, you know, he had an intent and his other series of not like Bly Manor, Hill House, those were all just like one and done. Right. So I was surprised to hear that Midnight Club was going to be ongoing, but he says this was designed to be ongoing. I don't know if it will. We'll see how it goes, and we probably won't know for another month or so what Netflix wants to do. But it was very much designed to continue. Pike has 80 books, so we have a lot of unused material to pull from. We also didn't answer some of the bigger questions of the season. Those answers exist, but were meant to be for the next season. If there isn't one, I'll put them up on Twitter. Then we'll at least be able to talk about it. So, um... Hmm. Hmm. A likely story. Since he said that, since that article came out that they were canceling it, um, it was also released that Mike Flanagan, our man, kept his word, and he did reveal the answers to burning questions from the cliffhanger ending of the Midnight Club, following okay. alleged answers. alleged answers. Yeah, he. And so, so that's what I was talking about. Then. But I haven't read them because, again, I, I haven't read sure them. Watched this, it first, so yeah, I've got the article saved where he gives the answers for what season two would be. So I'm shocked. I'll read that it you once guys, I'm yeah, done yeah, I have it yeah, saved. I can't so wait. I haven't. I I'm shocked. I'm so shocked that you guys got this close to news because I am too scared to be spoiled at this point. I'm like, I'm so close. I'm not spoiled. I don't want to be. I'm not looking. If I had pursued any further in this, this article was longer because it actually showed the posts because he, what does he say? He says, it's a shame we won't get to make it, but it would be a bigger shame if you guys simply had to live with the unanswered questions in the cliffhanger ending. He wrote in a Friday Tumblr post. Uh, so if you and I think he also shared it on Twitter. So if you've already seen the last episode and you want to go uh, find Mike Flanagan's Tumblr post or he probably also shared it on Twitter, I've had to uh, not go on social media to avoid that. Uh, but it is out there and he does give the answers. I will yeah. wait, obviously, like Peg said, to watch the finale before we go. I'm sure we will. Talk all about I think, it. I think we're going to talk about on it on our finale. We might as well just break down if if whatever that article, those posts and stuff, which now that you've talked about it a little more, seems like it's probably legit. To where then we can talk about and here's here's the answers to those questions that we didn't get from the finale. I mean, you know, like we can yeah. we can break if that he decides stuff down. to if it somehow got picked up somewhere else or if they did do it i mean i don't know if if they would flip any of it or if this is just like yeah we know it's not gonna be or there's not going to be a season two and yes we're just going to go ahead and tell you what our plans were i think we're going to talk about it um we'll definitely have a a segment for it next week 
uh, for those that want yeah. to hear it. But it's out there. If you've already watched uh, the, and I know many people have uh, seen the last episode, it's out there. If you want to, if you want to know. And talking about one other interesting little tidbit um, of all of this kind of falling into place, uh, Flanagan and Macy going to Amazon, Midnight Club getting canceled after the move. Um, It's interesting to note that we know, because I posted an article, or I shared the article again on our Facebook, uh, and maybe some haven't seen it, that Mike Flanagan is pretty down to adapt the Dark Tower series from Stephen King. Yeah. I think it's interesting to note that Amazon Prime bought the rights to that in 2018. Ha ha ha, did that now? Food for thought. I feel conspiracies. I feel a show coming on. If we get a Flanagan helmed Dark Tower, I'm so in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There was an article a couple weeks ago, like I said, I put it on our Facebook that he had kind of mentioned, like, oh, Mm -hmm. hey, I'd be totally down you know, to, to do this. And I, I had posted, I'm like, Hey, if, if I can put my faith in anyone, because I feel like the dark tower and I've talked about it many times, I'll try not to, to go off the rails here, but that's difficult material to uh, take from a book to like a visual, whether it be a movie or a series Uh, it's complex, it's a lot, but I think if I trust one person to do it, it would be Mike Flanagan. And I think if there's one person that maybe Stephen King would feel good about it being in the hands of it would be Mike Flanagan. Oh, for sure. I mean, he was, I know he was pleased with his um, adaptation, you know, to Dr. Sleep. I, I loved love it so much. so much. It, I love how it I, I don't get how <sighs> people just crapped all over that. It is such a beautiful movie. It is mm. so great and it is so deep. Oh, see, I, oh, we don't. We, it's okay. It's okay. Like it? oh. It's okay. <laughs> but also, the, I'm not a very good gauge because I'm not a big Stephen King person. Mm. Um, I think that, well, I'm, I'm not going to get into it, but I will it's, just say I, I felt a little bit. And that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. I don't, I, again, I have my feelings on it, but it's totally fine. I know that night, yeah. it wasn't for everyone. Personally, for me, Dr. Sleep was amazing. And that's where I sit on it. But yeah, like, hey, that's what. Art is subjective. That's the whole fun exactly. of everything. Exactly. Right? It would be so boring if we all loved the same things. What the hell would we ever talk about? So, I didn't hate it. I just didn't. Love I get it. it. I get mm. it. Um, but anyway, just just food for thought. I thought, oh, oh yeah, I kind of remember when uh, that was a, a nice little um, reminder there that uh, Amazon Prime bought that mm. in 2018, and now we just happen to have that's so cool. Flanagan on the Amazon side of things. And, you know, Amazon is really starting to get into this whole, you know, world building, um, you know, thing with their series and stuff. So maybe they're going to, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I don't think it's such a bad thing. I'm excited to see what comes of it. And, you know, if they're willing yeah. to throw some money at Flanagan and say, here, go create and, and bring all the wonders. Um, I'm behind it. Bring all the wonders. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, a little bit of news. Uh, maybe we'll have some more next week once uh, I've finally seen the last episode. We'll hear more about it. Maybe more will come out of um, the news that we just had uh, tonight. So I don't know. We'll see. But anyway, that's all I've got for now. Uh, let's go into listener feedback. Uh, let's keep the same order. Jade, yeah. do you want to take the first one? Certainly. 
Dawn Elizabeth says, I missed commenting for last week's episode. I loved seeing Henry Thomas. I really liked Natsuki's story. I noticed right away that the garage door hadn't opened and really didn't think that Flanagan would make a mistake that obvious. Ah, girl, yes, I'm right <laughs> with you. I, I noticed that too. So I obviously found out pretty quickly what was going on. Yep, as so did I. Uh, and Kevin, WTH. <laughs> yes. Okay, on to episode nine. I agree with you that Alanka is getting to be a bit much. She assumes she assumes that she was the one to go home. Getting a bit big for her britches, I'd say. Oh, I agree. <laughs> Don't we all? She needed to calm down and follow Stanton's rules. So is it really a big surprise what happened in the basement? I'm hoping that Stanton is one of the good guys after going down there and apparently saving Alanka. I'm suspicious that Shasta isn't really Julia Jane. That perhaps she said that because she knows how much Ilanka wants her to be. Perhaps she's mm. one of the other women. Unfortunately, I don't remember their names. Why would Julia want to kill people if she did find a cure for herself? Hmm. I love that Natsuki and Amesh got together. Hearts. Yes, all over. I really enjoyed Spencer's story. I like how the their stories are becoming more obviously about themselves. I wasn't so sure of that in the beginning. Which leads me to Kevin. His story isn't done, and I find myself wondering how much of what he is telling in Midnight Club is true about him. I have no idea what is going on with he and Alanka being the only ones to see ghosts, but I suspect that some of the story is tied to all of this. I apologize about this being so scattered. I'm having a hard time wrapping my mind around it all. Can't wait to see the end. Oh, it's great. Yes, thank you, Dawn. That was incredible. Thank you, Dawn. And yeah. I agree. I agree with, like, everything. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if Julia Jane did find a cure. It's interesting that she thinks that she might be lying about being Julia Jane at all. Mm, yeah. Um, because I think that she is Julia Jane, but did not find the cure that she thinks she found. Or maybe the cure wears off after a while. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. to know. All right. Uh, this one comes from Kara Lynn. She says, best quote. It's the commissioner of the NFL, and you're under arrest because those team names are an act of violence. Yes, I agree with you. I'm glad I got that one because I, like, I quoted say. that earlier as being like, yep, yeah. definitely quote of the episode, maybe even the season for me. I don't know. It's cracked me it up. It was so really good. great. <laughs> yeah, I love that you got that one. Perfect. <laughs> we did get um, a couple emails. Hey, guys, I missed writing in last week, but had a couple of little notes on the previous episode. First, quick shout out to Jade. Ah, oh, hello. When she was on your show a couple of episodes ago, she mentioned so weird and I freaked out because I didn't think anyone else remembered or watched that show. One of my favorite supernatural shows as a kid and it's on Disney Plus. So of course I rewatched it recently and it kind of still holds up. Yes, right? Minus, minus the janky CG, CGI. Yes, so true. I love, love that you know so weird. Yes, more people need to go back and revisit. Uh, Natsuki's story was, I think, my favorite. Even though with the others, the message was more about abs uh, was more abstract and it added to the fun of deciphering what it means, this was a little more obvious. But I loved how it didn't shy away from hitting you on the head with the message. And it was a message that needed to be told. And in general, before the reveal of the story started clicking together, I just loved how creepy and unsettling it was. Shows that Mike Flanagan and the writers... Oh, yeah. Shows that Mike Flanagan and the writers have such a genius way of writing horror stories that end up having zero monsters or ghosts whatsoever. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> On my second watch, I noticed that a little extra level to the metaphor. When Henry James goes into the first convenience store and comes back, he says, there's nobody here, but we very clearly see there was a person inside. 
I thought that was a cool tie-in to how your brain with depression lies to you to make you think nobody is there for you, but in reality, there's always someone. Ooh, mm, love that. Love the cameos of all of our beloved Philaniverse actors. Unrelated to the episode, but a fun cameo from before. You guys might have picked it up already. The guy in Anya's episode who played the group leader was Jamie, Mike Flanagan's brother. Mm. He also was in an episode of Hill House, if I recall, playing one of the funeral directors that worked with Shirley. Oh, interesting. Okay, now on to episode nine. Interesting reveal with Ilanka and Kevin realizing they're seeing the same ghosts and they confided in the group. But why was that dismissed so quickly? Thank you. (laughs) I was wondering the same thing. Um, I was a bit confused why the others just brushed it off. And then when we just never heard about it again. Thank you. Me too. Uh, Didn't bring us any closer to finding out how they related to the story. I did like the eater of years idea, especially since the ghost was saying I'm hungry, but I don't get evil vibes from them at all. Yeah, I know. I didn't either. But now I think they have to be evil. I don't know. I totally agree with this, though. Uh, She goes on. The rest of that scene, I was just like, Ilanka, shut your mouth for fuck's sake. (laughs) The (laughs) amount of face palms I gave myself from just Ilanka speaking. I'm starting to get a migraine. (laughs) And then she has the audacity to say, I think it's me, and dismiss Sandra when she says it's actually her. Sandra's face was just like, bitch, stay in your lane. (laughs) And then she goes off on poor Catherine. (laughs) Honestly, she was acting so selfish, throwing a tantrum like a child and running to evil mommy in the woods. Oh my God. Yes, Sarah, you're taking the words out of my mouth. Big yikes at Shasta. To be honest, when she finally reveals she's Julia, aka when Alonka finally has her duh moment, I somehow still had doubts if she's actually Julia or not. Okay, wow, you too. Um, I felt like it fit too perfectly, and I was sure she was still manipulating Alonka, so making her think she's Julia would have been part of her plan. But at the end, Stanton calls her Julia too, so I guess that was that. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Spence's story was pretty cool. Hilarious bit with his gibberish sports references. <laughs> I'm not even a little bit of a football fan, and I could, and I, I even I could tell that n- only the team's names were made up, but the commentary also sounded a bit fake. But really sweet how the end of the story he says, "I love you anyway," and that's along the same lines as what he tells his mom the previous episode. Mm-hmm. Okay, that ending though? Question mark. I think Alanka was finally starting to realize that something was weird. Yes, she was finally starting to realize something was weird. Uh, But she either was in shock or just so deep under Shasta's spell that she was still going along with everything to a certain point. But Georgina to the rescue. I can't wait to see how the truth unfolds in the finale. Peace, Sarah. Thank you, Sarah. That was incredible. Thank you, Sarah. And then, of course, we have our feedback our email from Daphne. Sure she's got a little bit of book stuff in here. I hope so, yeah. Uh she goes on she says, I knew Shasta was Julia Jane. I'm Mm -hmm. glad that was revealed in this episode. Didn't we all? Yeah. (laughs) Love that Mark took Spence out for the evening. With everything he's been through with his family, it's wonderful to see him be able to enjoy himself and meet new people. I also loved how supportive everyone was of Sandra being the one who was able to go home. It was also Sandra in the book. Spence's story, The Eternal Enemy, was taken from Pike's 167-page novel of the same name. There are differences. In the book, the main character, Rel, is, or Rella, is female, but she has a crush on a guy named Christopher. Rella wants to watch movies with Christopher, so she gets the BSR, VCR. The premise is the same, a VCR that could tape tomorrow's news, and although it starts with little things, soon the previews are more dire. 
The book has uh, has more descriptive dream sequences and instances for Rella to save people. The ending is somewhat familiar, but is Rella's grandfather who created Cyborg, not Christopher. Next week, prepare for the list of differences that I've had to hold on to for fear of spoilers. Me. Awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yes, so much coming next week to look forward to, aside from just the finale. Yeah, of the I feel like Daphne can just <laughs> give us all the spoilers because we're going to have uh, all of it for what would have been season two, we think, anyway. Mm-hmm. Coming from Mike Flanagan. Right. Oh, that was great. Thank you all. For great feedback. Yeah, great as always. Mm-hmm. We just have the best listeners. Um, mm-hmm. All right. So we did get a voicemail um, this week from Kara. <laughs> Kara Rex calling in about episode nine of the Midnight Club. I like this one. It's a little cheesy, but still pretty interesting. I like the message of it. You know, the whole overarching theme that suffering and sorrow and feelings and emotions are central to humanity. And you know, you can't really have the good without the bad and all of that. But the one thing I really wanted to call in for is I just appreciate so much little Easter eggs that are being put throughout these episodes, like Rel reading The Dead Zone by Stephen King when we first see him sitting in that lounge. And, you know, any Stephen King fan, I'm sure, appreciated that with the common themes of prophecy and hoping that the last episode of episode 10 really kind of ends with a bang because that Anya episode was just such a season high for me. Um, Really looking forward to hearing what you guys think. Thanks. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Kara. Thank you, Kara. All right. All right. Thank you, everyone, so much uh, for the feedback. Really appreciate you taking the time to write in and let us know what you think and leaving your voice messages. We love hearing from you. We've got one more to go. Uh, so be sure to let us know what you thought. And if you didn't send any feedback, we've get, we get lots of folks that wait until the very end <laughs> because they, they binged yeah. it and they're like, nah, I don't want to talk about it because we're afraid we might like spoil something or you know whatever. And they're just waiting for us to wrap. So hopefully uh, we get a lot of feedback next week. Um, so thanks, everyone. Speaking of next week, we're going to be covering the, as we talked about on the news, uh, the series finale. Uh, episode 10 of the Midnight Club titled Midnight. Boo. Yeah. Mm. Sad. Sad to expect, but we got all kinds of. We get Daphne's book spoilers. We get Mike Flanagan's season two spoilers, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> what all kind yeah. of fun stuff we're going to get next week. Too, I so. seriously cannot wait. Yeah, it's going to be great. Good stuff. Yeah, so if you would like to write in and leave us any kind of feedback for any of that stuff, any of the season whatever you got for us uh you can always go to podcastica.com and find all of our contact information there and while you're there be sure to check out our other shows yeah and you can yes leave a review subscribe download do all those things as well but yeah with other shows we've got a bunch of fun stuff going on and uh Especially Jade, you're working. You're yeah, busy right Jade, now. Jade, tell, <laughs> yeah. tell us what you've got going on right now. Yeah, if you guys haven't checked out Dead to Me, um, we're almost halfway through reviewing that show right now. We just sort of got into episode, or not just, but we're into season three now. 
So we're going to be coming out with our next episode on Friday of episodes five and six. We're going two at a time on that one. And that's with um, me and Jason and Penny. It's an excellent show, y'all. If you haven't checked out Dead to Me yet, you got to do yourself a favor and check it out. It is amazing. And then I'm also doing a Christmas podcast coming up around, I think like the 19th is when it'll come out, around the 19th or 20th. And we're going to be, yeah, we're going to be covering Miracle on 34th Street with Daphne and Penny. Yay! So, yes. And that will be the first episode of a new podcast that we have coming out here on Podcastica called It's Showtime, folks. And this <laughs> will be a general movies um, podcast of all kinds of old movies, new movies, just all kinds of things. We're going to have a ton of different hosts on there jumping on whenever we feel so moved to cover a film. So the first one that we're going to lay down for you is Miracle on 34th Street, the original Miracle on 34th Street. We're going to touch on the remake a slight bit, but that would be the one from the 40s. I feel like it's, I always forget the year, 1948, 47 or 48. Um, And then we're also going to briefly touch on the 1994 remake, but probably more focused on the original. So look out for that. And then one other thing, I have something exciting going on. I'm an actor, as you guys, I'm sure, know if you've listened to me talk at all about (laughs) anything. Um, And I finally was able to finish my first short film that I co-wrote, acted in, and uh, produced myself. And it's kind of like, if you guys like, you know, very much in keeping with the Strange Indeed theme, it is a comedy dark comedy thriller and we are yeah we're really excited to share it with everyone it took us a while to finish but we're very proud of it and if you want to learn more about it if you want to watch the trailer and possibly if you are feeling generous we will we would love a donation because we're looking to submit the film to upwards of like 30 film festivals all over the country so over the next like five months we'll be taking donations on patreon you can do a one-time or a recurring donation whatever works for you and yeah just check out the link in the uh the show notes you can um yeah just go to our patreon page and watch the trailer and read about it and anything you can donate is greatly appreciated. That's awesome. Yep. I'll be sure to include that in the show notes for anyone that would like to check that out and help the cause. Thank you. Of course. Exciting, exciting things happening for sure. Um, And uh, talking about exciting things and great podcasts, check out Paik and Daphne at their podcast, Run For Your Lives. Paik, what do you want to tease for us this week? All right. This week, also on Friday. Um, <laughs> Friday, Friday, releasing, Friday. Yeah, we do our Friday releases. Uh, this week we are doing Arachnophobia. We are going back Ooh. to Ooh. Jeff Daniels. <laughs> 1998? I don't remember. Um, ish. Sounds right. I don't know exactly right now off the top <laughs> of my head. But yeah, older movie classic, good creepy crawly classic. Uh, town gets overrun by a bunch of deadly spiders. What? What more fun can you have? Uh, Sounds so fun. Right. Uh, so, yeah. So, I'm excited. That's a, it's a classic one that I've always loved. So, it's we classic. finally got around to that. And then uh, we do have, I guess I'll tease a little bit because it's been teased online a little bit. So, if you're like a Podcastica follower, you kind of know that uh, we are also doing our Christmas special. We usually wait till like the week of. So, it would have been like, you know, right before Christmas. But we're going to release it a week early. So, I think the 16th. So, in two weeks. We're doing our Christmas special in junction with the Walking Dead cast. So Jason and Lucy will be teaming up with me and Daphne. We're doing like a co-stream, you know, joint effort. Uh, 
Christmas special where we'll be covering Anna and the Apocalypse. It is a mm. Christmas zombie musical. It's ridiculous Fabulous. in all the best ways. And so keep an eye out for that. That should be out in like two weeks. And that's so exciting. So excited to talk that. Me and Daphne have been planning that as a Christmas special. And so to get on board with Jason and Lucy and just have a bunch of us really nerd out about this ridiculous movie. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. And I'm so glad to not be busy right now. So <laughs> yeah, I'm saving myself because it's coming. That's mm-hmm. awesome. So much great stuff to check out from everyone. Thanks, guys, for sharing all that. It's so much fun. Well, all right. That is our show. Thanks for listening, everyone. Until next time, I'm Rima. I'm Pink. And I'm Jade. And Tanner Hunter is strange indeed.